forward on this computer. All right, we are live, and today on my podcast, we're carrying this on. We're doing one a week at the minute. It's good. I have got the new and now reigning European Driftmasters champion with me. Today, I am joined by the superstar that is Connor Shanahan. Connor, thank you so much for your time today, dude. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to this one, man, because like I was with Jack, you're one of the guys I've known the longest in the drift drift world anyway. And it just so happens to be you are one of the best as well. So it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a joy for me to be able to watch. Um, I'll fill people in real quick. I actually met Connor Shanahan when he was 13 years old. And you took me around Mondello Park in your 780-odd brake horsepower S13. Yeah. Um, and Good scared mind. the absolute daylights <laughs> out of me because I remember looking over and you were tiny, man. And you were just like, oh, it's great. <laughs> Back where it all started. Yeah. Good times for sure. It was great, man. And now we've been able to watch you uh, blossom into a European champion, which must be outrageous to feel. How does it, how does it feel, man? Let's, let's go straight to this Driftmasters thing because obviously this is the most recent thing that's happened. How are you feeling off the back of this massive achievement? Yeah, it's amazing, to be honest. Uh, I think being at home is the nicest part. Like, it's been quite cool, to be honest, to be just home with my friends, you know, who've known the journey, have known, like, all the stuff what's happened. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, when I won the championship, of course, it was a massive, like, feeling. It was a, it was more relief, probably, than than enjoyment, to be honest. You know, it was something what I've wanted for for years, man, you know, I've dreamt of this since I've been a kid and, and I always thought about what it would feel like when it happened. And I think, you know, people were like, oh, you know, what was the feeling like? And, you know, not in a cocky way, but I always thought to myself, you know, that day will come, you know, I know that I can be a champion. You know, I've, I've been brought up around champions. I've been, you know, in this sport for kind of only one reason. So I think, yeah, when all the pieces of the puzzle came together, it was, the feeling was pretty, pretty nice for sure. You know, it was just such a relief to to finally say that we've done it. And like five years now we've been in Drift Masters, which is crazy to think that as well. Like I, I still feel young and I feel like I'm still like the new person there. But yeah, five years is like, wow. And yeah, of course we managed to do it. But yeah, the feeling wasn't any different. But for sure, the drive home back into to Killavolum where I'm from when I came home Monday was like, I honestly was just like, I never felt anything like that, you know, it was just like passing where I played sports when I was a kid, passing where I went for school. And I think it's not so much about like coming back to the winning thing. It's kind of more of just, you know, knowing that there was many a days I left, you know, walking out of them places thinking like, am I, am I crazy? Like, do I, do I stop? <laughs> you know, why yeah. are my mom and dad so obsessed with this journey? You know, yeah. like it's, you know, so all that stuff was coming back. So yeah, to be honest, it's just cool. It's nice to be at home. It's nice to, to share time with everybody, but, it's back to business for me. It's back to, to work on bigger things. I have got so much planned and uh, I wanted to show that I can be a champion for, for a long time is the plan. Well, you said uh, you feel young, which, which you are. Connor. <laughs> you, are still, <laughs> you are still young. Um, I think a drifting term that's not young though. It's crazy how, like even now I went to a national event a couple of weeks ago in Ireland and like, I think there's something like 16 junior drivers, like all under the age of 16. And I'm that's like, that's amazing. Wow, I was like, that's impressive. So I a think, yeah. Them, a lot of them coming but... from Ireland, right? Like, you've got a lot of youth coming out of Ireland in this, in this, you need to have a huge coming up through the yeah. ranks. Yeah. For um, sure. In a young age here. Now, back home in Ireland is, is super impressive. Yeah, it's amazing. So, 
with the drift masters that i want i want to just kind of touch on this drift masters thing for a minute because it is i know you're being so you're so cool about yeah, it yeah, it's yeah, such yeah. a big a big achievement um it must be amazing for the whole team as a collective because from someone that's on the ground level that gets to see everything at, at a ground level I, I get to kind of just put myself wherever i want at these events as you've seen okay. and uh i capture all the highs and the lows so i'm there from the, the days where like in last year's uh championship running where your car your car broke right in in poland last year yeah. that knocked you out of the the championship um so you and your mom are very upset and then coming around to this year i get to be on the track while you're running to yeah. this i get to live this journey with you and it's just so amazing for me um but huge group of guys that don't get to really uh see the live stream the live stream doesn't focus on those guys and they're the guys that keep your cars running and you know they're all friends and family right so um how is it keeping the morale up in the camp obviously because it must be it must be hard for everybody when stuff isn't going right obviously this reward you know yeah it's like without those guys it's it's never possible you know it's it's not possible to do You want to win a championship this year? Absolutely not. Like it was the worst year. Everything went wrong. Everything went wrong, but I also, when everything went wrong, also they went wrong at the right time. It just made things like super stressful. But you know, to be honest, the reason I think why I found it winning the championship, and it, for me, it wasn't really winning the championship over six rounds, it was winning the championship right there in Poland because that, you know, like. I had to win the event, you know, yeah. I had to, and like full respect to Laurie also, that guy drove like a champion, you know, he drove, if if I didn't perform to be the champion, he absolutely deserved, you know, he put it, he put himself in the perfect place for the fight. And for me, no practice, everything, what was going on, I think they're the reason why I drove like that in the final. I drove with like passion, just, you know, a belief, of the belief what they have is like is honestly mind blowing. You know, there's like sometimes I'm just like ah, like let's just put it in the trailer. I just want to leave. <laughs> and they somehow find a solution. You know, with my my dad, my crazy dad, who's who's doing stuff where people are like, "What are you doing?" And, and somehow <laughs> make stuff work. You know, but yeah, I think yeah, you touched on it quite good. You know, they probably don't get the credit what they deserve, but for us you know we win everything as a team and, and jack is also included in that team because i think we probably have a massive advantage you know we both drive the same cars we're both top level drivers so we can relate a lot of information to each other you know if we're struggling with stuff or whatever but yeah controlling the emotions is the biggest thing and and i think we also probably struggle a little bit sometimes to control emotions with two brothers you know like I could be having the worst day ever and the car is tore pieces and then Jack goes out and qualifies first or vice versa. So it's, you know, that can be a little bit like negative sometimes for the team, you know, that yeah. like the energy can be drawn down from, from one of us, which is like fully understandable. You know, if we're, you know, Jack in the pole in Poland was quite difficult and, you know, I just knew when that happened, you know, I was like, you know, I felt shit for him, of course, obviously, but I was like, I kind of had to just draw myself away from that. You know, I couldn't speak to him until after the event. I just told the guys, look, just leave him. I was like, we know what he's going to be like. And it will be the same exactly if it happened to me. Yeah. So I think 
you know, it's it's difficult when you're both wanting to do so well and you both have such high expectations. And also the team have high expectations. They want to win. They don't go there for us to finish in top 32, top 16. So I think, yeah, that's probably the biggest thing what people don't see is like controlling everything, you know, when, when we're under stress, when we're, you know, it's it's crazy. There's so much stuff that isn't seen. Like, and even we've thought about doing some stuff where people see more and, you know, I'm honestly like the luckiest guy in the world to have the people what I have, including Jack, including my dad, my mom, you know, from way back. But even up until now, you know, it's my team. It's a limited company you now, which is like mind blowing. Who would ever thought that? But, you know, my engine went on Friday when we got to the track. Yeah, let's tell this story real quick, because yeah, yeah. this was just the shittest thing in the entire. I want to yeah, just cool. also say it from my point as well. I want it, I want this story to come from both angles, right? So. We're in Poland. We're, I land with Ian Waddington and Jordan Butters in the middle of fucking nowhere, right? <laughs> At this airport in the middle of nowhere. So Jordan needs to go get our rental car. And me and Ian are like, we'll go wait outside because the airport's tiny. There's a load of noise, loads of annoying yeah, people yeah. everywhere. So let's just go outside, get some space. We walk outside and we see this vending machine. We're like, let's go grab a drink. And then as I'm paying for my drink, I hear... You know, like, what the fuck? And then over in the distance, I see a Red Bull GT86 drifting. So let's start <laughs> from this moment because I saw the car working and I was like, oh, fucking sweet. Like Connor's over there. I don't know what the fuck you're doing at an airport drifting around, but Connor's over there. I think I saw Zawetsky and uh, Kuba Poskonski and yeah. maybe one more yeah. car just in the distance. It was right over in this. I can't remember who exactly was there, but... I was like, oh, they're, they're probably doing something for Red Bull. That was just what I assumed because obviously the, the Red Bull boys were there. So I was yeah. like, okay. Um, so what were you guys doing there to start with? Because the car was working at that moment. Yeah, so basically roll it back. We arrived to Poland on Monday. Um, nice and early. It was nice. Cool city. Just relax. And we had a video project to do on Wednesday um, with Red Bull which was the pass the can project, you know, where I passed the can to, to Cuba. Yeah. yeah. So, and also it was quite good because the last car I drove before I went to Poland was the Red Bull Drift Brothers M4, which is left and drive very different. So I was quite happy about the video project. Just get back into the groove. You know, Drift Masters doesn't offer a lot of practice. So you need to be on your A game from the minute you take the car off the trailer. So yeah, it's quite a crazy story, to be honest. So in Germany, we had this problem with the car uh, wouldn't start. So like just would start in a push no problem but kept swinging over so all week me and one of my mechanics are in poland like stress like what and this this story is actually bananas like and we're like what is it you know like what is it and cuba's guys have been so good they gave us the workshop one of these mechanics is working with us also we literally stripped all the wiring looms out of the car changed like everything like every single thing what's possibly wrong with this like it's bringing a trigger fault. So, you know, it's like when it's swinging over, it's not getting the crank signal. And so it has to be like ECU or the wiring to the crankshaft sensor, you know, in our heads, we're thinking this. So we change everything. We go to the video project and the car didn't start twice in the day. And we were like, okay, whatever. Let's just forget about it now. Let's just carry on with the day, get the video project done. We knew the car was running while pushing. But bear in mind, the car was like this for the whole event in Germany. So we get to the track after the video project and it, this is playing on the back of my mind like all week and i'm like calling jack being like jack like <laughs> i want this fixed like and jack's like worst case scenario we just have to push the car and i'm like yeah but like you know that's like if i stall the car you know that's all that stuff is playing my mind yeah 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 and 
we took the car off the trailer and we got to the track and my dad had just had arrived or no my dad actually hadn't arrived me and jack were just talking and one of the one of my mechanics got in the car and he started it to put it off the trailer off cuba's trailer and it started no problem but then he stalled the car and he went to start the car with his clutch with the clutch pressed and it wouldn't start and my jack just quickly was like put the car back in neutral and see does the car start put the car back in neutral the car started and jack just looked at me and was like i think i know the problem and i was like i think i do too and i was like it's a shit one and which is bananas so we put the car on four axis stands took the front pulley off and put got one of my mechanics to sit in the car press the clutch and the crank moved like maybe like an inch which is if people don't understand that, that's really bad. I like, think, <laughs> like, what the most impressive part of this story is, is that the engine was running. Like, it done a whole event at eight and a half thousand revs on the limiter, and it didn't blow up. So, a credit to DBM Engineering for building a, a serious engine, because we're like, how is it not blowing up? Is and it's too Jay Z. Let's just let's yeah. tell everybody what it is. Yeah, so there should be Conrads everywhere if this is happening, like, <laughs> and the thing is still together, running perfect. So then we're like, oh shit! So we dropped the sump and the trust washers, what are part of the bearing, are in the sump, like big chunks of metal. And we're like, oh, this is really bad. Like this. And is where really was this? Bad. You found this out? Was this at this the Red at, Bull? Or, no, this is Thursday. Like getting so on Thursday at the track before yeah. qualifying. Right. So, and it's like probably eight a.m. like or eight p.m. Sorry, like in the evening. So it's yeah. like, like we're like what fifteen hours from qualifying. So it's like okay, this is a big problem. So back and forward on the phone to my engine builder, Jeroen, which like this, this guy, DBM Engineering is the reason why I won a championship. They have been the reason why it's been possible for us to do Drift Masters the past five years. And this story I'm about to tell will tell you what kind of guy this guy is. So Jeroen couldn't come to the event because of some reasons. And I called him and he was like, I was like, what are we going to do? So he told the guys what to do to check the bearing. So then we, we dropped the crank and my dad was there and they checked it and they were like, no, like we need to put a new crank in the car and new bearings because it's possible that it will blow up if we just put bearings in it now. So we were like, none of us trusted each other to do that. You know, we don't do that side of work. You know, Jack does a build engines. He does everything else, but he does a build engines. So I called, this is probably 10 o'clock actually. I went to Cuba's workshop to look at a crank to make sure it was okay. A 2J crank, what we were going to use. And my engine builder, Jeroen, uh, who lives in Amsterdam, like 40 minutes from Amsterdam, called me and was like, I'm on the way. And I was like, what? And he was like, I'm on the way. He was like, I will be there at 6 a.m. in the morning to rebuild the engine. The Warsaw, I, Poland. This is where yeah. he drove. So it's like 1,300 thir 1, kilometers. And I'm like, what? And he was like, just go to bed. He was like, tell the guys, rip the engine. He was like, I'll be there at 6 a.m. in the morning to fix it. And I was trying to work in my head. I was like, <laughs> there's no way you can be here at 6 a.m. in the morning. It's 1,300 kilometers. It's not possible. Like, So he was just like, shut up. Go to bed. He was like, I promise you will qualify tomorrow. And I was like, okay, okay. Went back, told the guys. My dad was like, is he crazy? Like, what the heck? <laughs> and that's John oh. Shanahan asking if someone's yeah, yeah. crazy. So, this is the level where like, we're at. <laughs> but that's like, for me, it was like, okay, I went to bed. woke up. I woke up at 6 a.m. also the next morning. Uh, we had quite an early briefing, so I got up and I called him. I was like, he was like, yeah, I'm at, I'm at, I'm at the track. Like he was like, I almost have the engine back together. And I was like, 
what the heck? Like, I was like, that is crazy. Uh, so they rebuilt the engine, had it back in the car. We missed the first practice session, which we knew we were going to miss the first practice session. And we went to start the car just before the second practice session and the car wouldn't start. And I was like, oh, I like, never drove this track before. I was like, please tell me that this thing is going to start. Turns out it was quite a silly problem, but it was just a problem what we couldn't put our hands on. And I ended up missing the second practice session also. So I'm there ready for the biggest weekend of my life, sitting on zero practice. Had to go out and qualify in front of thousands of people and still wanted to win this championship more than anybody. And all this stuff is going on. And like I'm just like, this is it. Like, it's done. I was like, how am I supposed to win a championship when this is happening? So ends up going out in the first qualifying run, scored 95 and just trusted off the simulator. Like, just literally put the car into gear. I even said to my spotter on the starting line of the first qualifying run, I was like, this could go seriously bad. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm literally just going to drive this lap as if I'm playing the simulator. And he was like, go for it. And it, it was so accurate. Like, and I actually, if you remember the run, remember I almost took the front, like I hit the wall. And the yeah, front, I do remember. And I, like, I was in the car being like, oh, that part's not perfectly accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I finished the lap and my spotter was like to me, you are crazy. Like, it was like, I thought you were going to do like an Is that Kevin in your ear? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like, <laughs> and he was like, man, he was like, that was fairly mad. Like, and I was like, well, I may as well have to go for it, you know, and. Yeah. Got back to the pits, done the second, scored 95 in the second qualifying run as well. I finished like P5 in qualifying. Was del- I was super happy. And I knew that the track suited me as well. You know, these tracks really suit my driving style. So I was like, oh, unreal. Car was perfect. Nothing wrong with the car. Um, And that, that for my team already was a win. You know, like I came in like, and, you know, I think it's like, when I'm saying to somebody, oh, my engine builder drove 1,300 kilometers all night, didn't sleep. He didn't sleep until that evening to make sure that the car was perfect. You know, they're the guys you need to win a championship. They're the guys you need in your program or else it's not possible because if you employ somebody in drifting in the drift world and you and you and and they say, oh, yeah, I'll work nine to five, forget about it. <laughs> never going to work. You know, you're never going to be involved in a successful race team. And that goes from all terms of motorsport. And I've seen that enough over over the years. You know, I've seen how much work my dad, my brother have had to put in. Even when we were racing, you know, just normal motorsport cars outside of professional motorsport, the graft what has to go in if you want to win is 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 mind blowing. So, I think when we got back for qualifying, we all sat around, and that for my team was like like I was like you guys are legends. Like I was like you're yeah. all zero sleep, perfect day. I was like we're in the show. I was like cars are perfect. You know. We had a late start the next day, so it was quite nice. Everyone just went back to the hotels, got some sleep, woke up the next morning, and then I was like, "Oh, this is it! Like, game on!" I was like, "I'm ready to, you know, get the job done here." Like, and you know, I was so confident about it, you know, and I was just, and I think it wasn't confident that I was just like, "I'm better than everybody else." It was kind of just trying to keep my mindset right of, I need to win, you know. I yeah. was like, you know, I remember I got back to the hotel and I was talking to James Dean on Instagram. He was driving an FD. Mm-hmm. and uh you know james texted me and was like he was like you're more hungrier than anybody else for this he was like you just got to believe in that he was like just stay calm we were talking about some things you know and it's he's my best friend but he's the guy who's won probably eight european championships multiple formula drift championships you know yeah. he's the guy who knows how to do it all and and for me it was you know just had a quick conversation went to bed and i woke up with that mindset just like went to briefing had my headphones and didn't really talk to anybody 
just kind of isolated myself from my, even my team. Like I think I didn't speak two words to my team until I won the championship. I just <laughs> literally I was gone. Like I've just drove the car back to the pits, jumped out, went watching on my own. I was yeah. just trying to, you know, like completely separate myself, just my earphones in, listen to some music. And obviously it worked. But going back to the start of that morning again was same thing. Arrived to the track was like bang. I was like, this is it. Let's get some chase runs in here. And I knew that I knew I could be better than everybody else on this track. You know, I knew that myself in a way. And my spotter, Kevin, was like, Yeah, for sure. He was like, This track has you written all over it. So I was confident about that part. But I needed some practice just to get comfortable, you know, get in a better mindset and everything. Went out first practice lap, went to warm the tires up, car breaks down. And I was like, oh, lads. Like, I was like, <laughs> and then that was it. I was like starting to freak. Like, I was yeah. like, I was like, I'm just done now. Like, I was like, this weekend missed all of battle practice, not one lap, never done a chase from. And I was like, I was like, I don't know what to expect now. Cause I was like, I can't be incredibly confident that it's easy. Cause I was like, it's a higher track. You know, there's some stuff you need to watch out for. Lucky enough, everything went to place. But yeah, I think from an outside point of reference, if you're scrolling through Instagram being like, oh, Connor won the championship, it was probably the most stressful weekend of my life. Like it was probably the hardest weekend I've ever done in a car. And yeah. then on top of that, had to stay in the mindset that I was good enough to win a championship. I would love to be able to see a movie of the last two years made one day about your story. Yeah. I yeah. think we have uh, some we have some stuff even back further than that, which hopefully someday can be used. I think it would be amazing to see just a singular line of story from because you explained it so brilliantly. That's why I didn't want to interrupt you at all just then. And there are some bits I want to go back to yeah, to, sure, to touch sure. on, but I wanted you just to you were explaining it so well. I was too invested. I wanted to relive <laughs> all this as well. So um the the feeling I'm I'd like to to hear from you. Um because obviously you had the car issues and you said you didn't get any practice, right? Mm-hmm. Did you get any practice at all? Or was uh, it... One one lap with Jack on the Saturday. So you got one lap with, yeah. with Jack. Yeah. And then when you're sitting there for your your first qualifying run, like what, what is going through your head? Because I know you said, oh, I'm just going to have to send it, but there's going to be a few moments in that car where you were just obviously taking a breath, right? And you're just like, right, I'm going. We're wrapped to go. You're watching the little light thing. Like what is in that 30 seconds before you hit that go, like from the out of the tunnel in, what were you experiencing? Because the, for, for such a young man, the pressure that you have on you, um, and I'm not, not just pressure from yourself where you want to win, because who, who doesn't, right? If you're in, in competitive anything, you're there to win. No one's there just to take part. And if they are, it's normally quite apparent that they're only there to take part, right? You, you see the ones that could be champions and you see the people that are really hungry for it. Yeah, for sure. So in your head, you've got that pressure on yourself. You you want to be the best. But not just that. You obviously have very big sponsors that I assume want you to win as well. They're, they're expecting yeah, it because they're giving you a lot of money. So they're like, well, yeah. we expect this guy to win. So you've got that pressure then on there as well. I'm just curious, Connor, because obviously I'm just a, I'm just a grassroots drifter that just loves to do a skid, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I never sure. have the, the pressure of competition put on me. I never have the pressure of uh, sponsors or financial backers or anything like that going, yo, you better perform. You know, mm-hmm. like, and then obviously the pressure as well of the car that's been just such a nightmare vehicle for the season, right? Like when it works, you win everything. When it doesn't work, it's the end of the world, right? So yeah, I just want to know what's going through your mind. What is that feeling like? Is it just just serenity, just absolute solace? Like I am in that mode, or is it noise and 
spread, you know, just just let me know what you're feeling yeah. in that line, you know. It's quite it's quite a strange one, and I think it's always quite a difficult one for everybody. Like I've worked with drivers, still currently working with drivers that I've had to do like so many things to try get them in a you know less nerves, you know, yeah. you know, just try to enjoy it a little bit more. But yeah, that one was obviously quite hard. But you know, if if I have a really good event, I have like a really good mental side to to deal with this stuff. Luckily, and. I'm so lucky that it just comes quite naturally to me because I've raced since I've been a kid. I know what competition has been like, you know, for what, 10 years now, probably. So it's like that side normally comes quite easy. You know, I normally, if I have a good practice session, I would never doubt, doubt it really. Of course you'd be nervous, but I always say to myself, you know how to do it. So stop stressing about it. You know, yeah, yeah. Your body knows. it's like riding a bike. Yeah. Your body knows that's it. You know, you, you know, like prime example, and I do different things what help this, of course. You know, I'll come back obviously to this run, but I just want to give you a bit of a Please, you yeah. know, of what what way it works for me. But like, of course, I have different ways of of dealing with this stuff of of trying to be in a better, you know, better kind of mental state when you're competition driving. And I would always it's quite a simple thing actually would be my enduro bike. You know, I ride my enduro bike having some fun in the off season with friends. And I will be like flat out wheeling through a trail, like hanging off the back of the probably shouldn't be. But I would always say to myself, like if I came home from the day and I would always be like, you know, I'm doing stuff there where I'm like, you do not think about it. Like you do like you do there's not one stage on that bike where you're like, oh I'll do this or I'll do that. It naturally just happens, you know? Yeah. So it's just like I don't know, it's weird. It's just like your body knows what it's doing, you know? Mm. So I think anytime I get in the drift car, I always just believe that stop stressing it's fine yeah you know yeah. what to do you're not you know if you make a mistake it is what it is but i think that's kind of the biggest thing is that you can overthink that you know but of course coming back to that run it's very different because i have the weight of the world on my shoulders i have a whole nation behind me i have like the list goes on you know i'm like sitting there like and and i think a big thing for me is i just try to keep it as normal as possible like speaking to kevin as much as i can on the radio like i would literally be talking to kevin until the lights come on on the on the starting line like i would literally be make conversation until then and he knows when to stop talking but i think that just distracts me a little bit or you know it just gives me a little bit more kind of time to forget about it and then when the car goes in gear i don't even i don't even know what happens you know i would often do an unbelievable run come back to the pits and my dad or mom could be like oh how did you do that and i'm like couldn't tell you don't know what happened. Like literally, with my like my mind will not remember any part of it really in the car. Yeah. But naturally, my body knows that. Okay, this is where you go. This is how you do it, which is quite a strange feeling to feel. But I feel like if you have to think about everything so many times, that's when you start making mistakes. You know, like I've seen drivers firsthand. You know, I've tried to help drivers. I've tried to to you know, like I think um Clint Van Oort prime example he's such a good driver like unbelievable yeah un unbelievable i've drove practice cars with him like and i know that this guy is a naturally serious driver mm -hmm. but his mind upsets him so much sometimes and we've spoke about this together and you know clint is an unbelievable friend of mine and i think the last round in poland actually everything kind of came together for him you know everything he kind did very of, well very yeah, well he did such a good event but i think 
that a good event was always in him, but sometimes he just kind of, you know, he he obviously struggles a little bit, like to to think about stuff and and uh, you know nerves get at him and stuff. So I think that's like a prime example. So I hope everything has came together for him. But yeah, for me, it's like I'm quite lucky, you know, that I don't really think about it that much, and I just I just believe that it's it's fine. Like I just believe yeah. that I can do it, and I just you know try think about things. All it is is the one that gets the thumbs up from the starting line. I just tell myself, focus, one, two, three, and, and that's it. Yep. I, I don't know what happens after that, but sometimes it, it works. Most of the time it works, so I, I won't change it, you know. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. I think, um, like you said, with the enduro bike thing, because I want to touch on your outside hobbies later on. So, but um, it's, it's I almost I can I can kind of relate to that with like snowboarding. I'm at no at no level at all where I can be like, yeah, I'm I'm brilliant at it. Like, I'm a casual snowboard enjoyer, like I am with every, like I'd like to dabble in a bit of everything. But like when I'm snowboarding, you you, you set off on the run, you drop in and, into the into the run, and then you just kind of that's see it. what happens. I'm more of like a mountain freestyle guy, so I like to just kind of like find things to jump off of on the way down and yeah, spin yeah, around yeah. and you know like that sort of thing and then when i get to the bottom i'm like fuck i don't even know what just happened for the last four minutes but that was fun like and uh i can imagine um it's, it's almost like so when i was uh i was lucky enough to drift with you in mondello park and mm -hmm. i got to chase you for a little while which was absolutely amazing because you're in an absolute nails of a bag of an e36 <laughs> and i'm there in my fully built s15 and i can barely keep up with you i was like mm -hmm. Man, this is something cool to watch. Like, as a fan of drifting, like I, I feel very lucky that I get to be be out to call you lot my friends anyway. But like when you take that all away, I'm a fan of drifting anyway. So mm -hmm. I get to I'm sat there like looking sideways and I'm like, wow, Connor Shanahan is literally right there. But then yeah. there was a moment when you were chasing me <laughs> and I had a paid passenger from Drift Games in the car with me and um i said to them like because they'd shut the main track yet again because someone had crashed or whatever so i was like let's just go on the back track found you and i said to this poor girl i was like that's connor shanahan and he's now going to chase us so if i was you i'd film this like just on your phone because like yeah, i trust yeah, him so yeah. i've talked like i know connor trusts me and i know that he yeah. will not put us in danger but he will also scare the shit out of us if he gets the chance so just you know th th there's a friendship here that is okay he's you know with or on that level and we were coming around that that um the the U the like the one eighty at the at, yeah, um, at the bottom yeah. And I remember looking at you, and you were on my door so close I couldn't see your car and just your helmet. And this girl looked over, and I just saw the fear in her eyes, and I was just like, I just got to keep, just don't fuck up. I was like, you know how yeah, to drift, yeah, yeah. just don't, just don't fuck up. Don't yeah, think don't that Connor's it, right yeah. there. Yeah. Just just don't fuck up here. Just just drift so Connor can drift with you. And like it was such a moment for me as well, man. And I wanted to say thank you again for. Uh, for letting me drive with you because it was such a treat. Like it's always been one of those things for me where I want to kind of be able to do that, you know. And it was just, it was a lot of fun, man. And like, yeah, for sure, it's it's good. Like it's, I enjoyed that also. I think it's that's the best thing about doing. That's the best thing about drifting. And you touched on something really good there. I'm a fan of drifting as well. You know, yeah. I'm I'm probably a bigger fan of drifting than anything. You know, I yeah. watched drivers and I grew up watching Jack, of course, like drive. And I was always like, oh, I want to do that one day, or I want yeah. to do this, you know. So I think outside of being obviously now a Drift Masters champion, I'm a fan of everything what goes on, you know, doing stuff like that in a beat up E36. Yeah. Almost as much fun for me, if not more fun, because there's no stress. You just have fun with friends. And that's yeah. what drifting always should be about, you know, that Definitely. there should be my side of it where it's my job and I go and, and try to win and try beat everybody. 
but there also has to be the side where you know you can go to a track with your friends and and just enjoy driving cars you know that's what drifting is yeah well i've just picked that 350z up so i want you to get really really close to that because i'm not yeah, going to yeah, be precious yeah. about this thing <laughs> so like the, i've simply purchased this car to be able to get a load of seat time in and also be able to leave it in Ireland or the S15 and it'll probably be the 350 while I rebuild the S15. Yeah. But I want to be able to just fly in and drive with you guys as much as possible because mm. I feel like I probably learn more from that six to eight laps we managed to get in. Yeah, for sure. But it's, the, it's the same for me. It's like people look at me driving a beat up E36 and they're like, what is this guy doing? And I, that's how I learn, you know, yeah. like I go to all Neil's events, Katie custom events in Scotland. Yeah. I'll be the first person on the plane. Yeah. And like they're, you know, they're grassroots drifting events, you know, of, of bash competitions or now to do a winter battle series, which actually yeah. us as a brand, the Shanahan's have got involved in as a partner and stuff. And I think like I go there and even drivers are like, what are you doing here? You know, <laughs> what are you, you know, like, and I'm like, am I not allowed to drive here? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but not in a bad way, but they they feel that like, you know, because I think what's quite strange is that. So uh, like for me thinking about how it works is that, let's say there's drivers there who are incredible drivers. Like I went to Scotland now with probably four years, three, four years. And I've seen drivers where I'm like, what? Like, get this <laughs> yeah. guy the backing. Like, I was like, yeah. this guy can drive, you know, but that's what they love doing. You know, they mm -hmm. love being com competitive and three to eight BMWs and you know, that's their level of drifting, which is amazing, you know, like, which is so good for drifting. But then I think when, if I go to an event, they're like, what are you doing here? You know, you should one of the big dogs. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. shouldn't drive at this level, yeah. but that's what is so good about drifting is that like, I, you know, James Dean can go to Scotland and yeah. drive with a guy who's putting oh. all of his money into an E36, all of his money into an E46. That's what drifting is about. Is that yeah. like, you get opportunities to do like that. But also it comes back to, I don't go there for no reason. Mm. So I don't go there because I get paid. I don't go there. Like it's nothing to do with that. Yeah. I literally spend my own money to go there and have cars there. I go there because it's the key to being a successful driver, you know, laps, laps, laps. Yeah. Anything like, like I, since I've been a kid, if there was a, if I heard an engine of a quad revving outside the window of the house, <laughs> and even if it wasn't mine, I would be gone out just to do one lap in it. Yeah. No, I was always like, always said, anything you can get your hands on, drive it, you know, drive it, drive it, drive it, like laps of laps yeah. in a car, using your feet, using your hands. That's, that's how you become, you know, sharp at the top end of drifting. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, man. I'll tell you what, I really wanted to get involved as well with that um, Scotland series, but unfortunately for me, uh, my real life has kicked back in now and I've got to yeah. go over to China a lot this winter. Um, which is fine. It's how I pay for my house and stuff. You know, my 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 life is supported by that company, so I can't be like, oh, yeah, yeah, who sure. I can't go drifting. But like, it's definitely on my list to like. I I, I just think it'd be so much fun to come and enter a BMW competition, like an entry level grassroots, and then be up against you oh, and James Dean, and be like, well, my first ever battle <laughs> is going to be against Connor Shanahan. Like, it's what so a good. cool story to be able to tell. It is so good. Anyone in the future, because none of us know where this sport's going to be. Like, if you'd have told me when I joined Driftmasters and we did that, because I joined in that season where it was two rounds in Austria, two rounds in Latvia, yeah. and that was it, yeah. right? If you'd have told me at that last event in Latvia, yeah, in two years, we're going to fill a 55,000-peter stadium seat at stadium in Poland. I've been like, 
how? <laughs> like, yeah, I like probably how? believe it either. <laughs> and and it's happened within two years. So the yeah. team at Driftmasters now, I feel like a real solid management team that are just going to take this to the next level. And yeah. it may be one day where I, I try and explain it to my friends that maybe are into football who don't get drifting at all. They don't get cars. They're like, I just don't get it. And I'm like, right. I say, they're like, why do you go to Ireland so much? I'm like, well, imagine it this way. You go and decide to play five-a-side football with your friends or six-a-side football, and then the guy that rocks up to be on your team as the plus one is Messi or Ronaldo. Yeah. And you get to practice with them. Yeah. I said, you'd go, right? If all you had to do was go to Ireland and you get to do that and you get to have a kick around with the best. And they're like, well, yeah. And I'm like, well, I get to do that. <laughs> Bit in my car. Well, it's a good like, way of looking at it, actually, yeah. It's like a cool way to explain it to people that don't understand yet. It's such a... It's a sport where the the pros and the people that are the best at it are still viable to hang out with and talk to and yeah absolutely you know you can approach you in the pits you and know, I, like hope that, I hope that never changes like i i think the the growth division of drifting right now is uh, as you said is is mind-blowing even for me yeah it's like i don't know where it's going to stop i don't know i don't know what's going on but like yeah, I hope that never changes. Also, because I think that's what makes the sport so good. Is that so like, special? Yeah. Yeah. If a guy breaks down next to me, I have my whole team fixing his car. Yeah. You know? And normally, and then one of you, the guys you've got to go and beat. I love. Do you know that was one of my that's, favorite that's things. What, yeah. Like that's what it should be. And I've been involved in motorsport since I've been a kid, raced some different areas of of motorsport, and like, I would never like go back, or I would never try to become successful in something else because I think it's like it's like just a family like even yeah. fans like family it's like we're all in this and I think what's what makes that happen is that you know somebody would always ask me being like why is drifting like that and I'm like well if I go to a track and I turn up and there's no James there's no Jack there's no Kavia there's no name Zaleski all the guys yeah, yeah, say, yeah. all the drivers in Drift Masters and I go there and there's 55,000 people there and all of those guys aren't there, I may as well not have turned up. Mm. Because drifting is like, it's kind of a competition, but it's also like a WWE. So we're all on this like tour, and yeah. we're all in this trying to make money out of it, you know, trying to make the sport as big as we can. And if anybody goes against that, or anybody uh, what's the, like becomes negative about that, doesn't want yeah, to yeah. speak to somebody, that will affect, you know, the whole growth of, of yeah. the motorsport. Because yeah. we all need to push each other, you know, to be better. We all need to push each other to have nicer cars, to have better looking teams, you know, all this stuff what will help the long term of of the vision of making drifting, you know, worldwide famous is 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 what the goal is probably. Yeah. Um something obviously because I run the Instagram for Drift Masters for anybody that touches has tuned into the podcast yeah. because you're on here and don't know who I am. I, I run the uh Drift Masters uh social media basically when I'm a, when we're away um for like the stories and keeping people up to date with everything just online and um I obviously see all the negative comments that come in and it drives me insane that I can't just tell these people like all right yeah. that it, I get it that you have a favorite driver but just to yeah. understand like okay let's say it's you versus Peter Vicek and mm. you you beat Peter Vicek and then all of a sudden it's Ah, come on, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you do realize these lads are going to be drinking and partying together in two hours yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, like, they're yeah, friends. Yeah. Like, love, everyone loves each other here. Theater, yeah. yeah, and it's just like everyone always gets together after the event. You guys will, or your teams or whoever, will go and have a word with the judges to kind of understand results, or you get your moment with them, and then it's okay, cool. That's it. Let's have think, a good time now. Let's I think a lot, a lot of people, yeah, they put too much energy into it because for me as a driver, if I lose, you know, and 
I'll be honest, there is times where I'm like, don't agree. Yep. You know, like, and, and to tell a story, I'll bring a story back to Germany this year. And best probably event I've actually had all year. Had to win there. Like, well, I had to finish on the podium if I wanted to win this championship. And people are like, oh, you've done all the hard work in Poland. I was like, no, I've done all the hard work in Germany because that was the only chance I had to get back into the fight because it was a little bit of a stop-start year for me. And I came to Germany with one mindset to win, like to, to absolutely blow everybody out of the water. And yeah. we, we agreed, me, my Kevin, my team, I was like, I have to win here. I was like, if I want to win the championship. And of course, winning the championship was the only thing that was on the mind at that time of the year. You know, I, I wanted it bad since last year. Got to the final and was like, this is it. I was like, I can pull a nice gap here, go to the final quite comfortably. Went one more time with Peter, lost against Peter. Probably one of the best finals in Drift Masters history. Like, oh, it was oh, incredible. Yeah. It and was I insane. got to, I'm just going to say, Connor, I was watching it from the top of one of the cranes. Yeah. It was oh, insane. The best view ever. It was yeah. absolutely amazing. Yeah. Like, even yeah. me and Peter were like, I was like, that, I was like, there is nothing left. I was like, we're both on the <laughs> limit there. Like, and that's such a good feeling in the car when you're like, that's it. All that's, there is nothing, you know. Yeah. And we sat there. First time I was like, I think I was like, I think I have this. I was like, I think I've won. And Kevin, my spotter, was confident that we won. My whole team was. And then we go one more time. And I was like, cool, fair enough. Like, it's fine. And then we do the one more time. One more time was, the one more time was so close. Like, the one more time, the second time was probably an actual one more time, in my opinion. And we get the result for the second one. And being honest, I was pissed off. Like, like I was like, oh, like I was like, I put so much energy into yeah, that yeah. battle. I win this championship you know and don't get me wrong there are three humans in the judging tower you know like completely might have seen something I hadn't watched it back yet we went to the podium and that was it it was like a 30 second conversation I just said to the judges I was like personally feel like a one they gave their opinion that was it conversation done yep and then you go on to online and everybody is oh my god crazy and I'm like I'm like if I cared this much it actually probably would be <laughs> <laughs> me and Peter are drinking outside the truck laughing partying yeah dancing yeah, to everybody like, and I think what what like it was probably the best final I've ever had probably one of the best battles I've ever had was I annoyed yeah of course I was for probably an hour and that was it you know I was like it's fine it's done because drifting you can't go back so I don't understand why people get annoyed about stuff because oh. it's not like they're going to get to the end of the event and John Paul from down the road has read a comment yeah, and then the judges are gonna be like, "Oh, replay, replay, yeah, replay, replay." So and my favorite uh, thing is obviously yeah, yeah. because obviously, like, um, oh, Kevin's Irish. Yeah, oh, well, I think they just think the whole oh. setup is Irish because yeah, I, yeah, I try yeah, to yeah. explain this to people. Um, because obviously Ireland breeds a lot of drifting talent. It's just something that happens. There's certain countries will prioritize certain things more than others. You know, yeah, so. Sure. In Ireland, in motorsport, like you're very fortunate that Mondemo Park loves drifting, like because, mm -hmm. and they want to encourage it and have more in it because there's so many yeah, racetracks yeah. in the UK that just don't. So that's no, why we have exactly. such a small selection yeah. of drivers from England. So it's, you know, and you've obviously got um, David, who is, is he from Czech Republic? I think he's from Czech, the, the David, the judge. I think he's Czech Republic. And then you've got Vern, who's from Holland, Netherlands. So there's there's three different nationalities there. So if it even if it was anti-Irish, it could be because they could have the two non-Irish judges always yeah, voting against yeah, you. Yeah, so yeah. I I always try and explain it's a fair <laughs> it is as fair as it can get, and it's a judged motorsport, so it's always based on opinion. Um, and 
not every decision is probably going to be right. I'm actually going to have Kevin on here one day. We need to arrange. Actually, yeah, very, very good. And I, like, I know Kevin all my life. I've grew yeah. up with Kevin. He's been judging drifting events since I've been like 13, 14, probably. Yeah. And like, you know, when I see stuff online, I'm like, like, leave, like, leave the guys alone. Like, yeah. You know, and if they without, leave us, who are we then going to have? Without them, yeah, exactly. Without them, we don't have a, an opportunity to drive. You know, so. Yeah, of course, sometimes drivers and sometimes, you know, sometimes everybody can be a little bit annoyed and you're obviously yeah. going to be a little bit biased towards yourself. But I think, yeah, it's kind of funny when you when you look and like, I'm like, I get it a little bit, right? I get of from course. where they're coming like, and they're, they're watching it on the telly and it's a big drift masters is a big deal now. And they'll have their favorites. And obviously a lot of people just support their national drivers, which is understandable yeah. when they're getting into it. Um and uh, you always want someone from your own country to do well. Like when Max Cotton was competing, I wanted him to do well. He's yeah, an English absolutely. boy. I want him to do well. You know, he's he's had the same life that I've had, basically. So you, mm-hmm. you relate to it. But I always laugh a little bit when I see these comments. And I delete some of them now. And I block some people because I'm like, if this is how, if you can't enjoy drifting at this level with what's going on, you're never yeah. going to enjoy it. Oh. Like, <laughs> so I yeah. always find it funny, though, because I think like, right, let's just say that a Peter Vicek fan is saying F's and blinds about you. Mm. Do you think Peter is going to read that and be like, what a nice guy. I want to be friends with him. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, or if it was the opposite way around, it, if there was yeah, an Irish guy giving another one of the yeah. driver's shit, is, is Conor Shanahan going to read that and be like, Do you know what? I'm going to follow this guy, this horrible human being that's being horrible about someone that I'm now going to go and party and drink with because I really like them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's just... No, it's, got, it's, just like, it's just sport. It's just general. Of course, it's never going to stop, but it's, it's, it is what it is. It's the joys yeah. of the sport getting more famous, whatever. But yeah, I do look at some stuff and I'm just like, you know, we all have entitled to our opinions, but just leave it off, you know. Yeah. We're all in for good reason, you know. So yeah. the crazy thing is, is that, yeah, you, that's what the conversation started on. Is that like, we're literally all friends. Like, you know, you know what it's like in a Drift Masters paddock. Oh, like, minute they've been finished, like, it's just like, oh, what's up, lads? I love it. I love, I love the, the Where are we things. going? Yeah. You know? I don't know if it's for you, the same for you, obviously, because you've been involved in motorsport for a long time. But for me, it was Germany. I loved it the most because you had a party yeah, yeah, at your yeah. lorry, right? So, like, yeah, there was yeah, not really much yeah. of an after party there. So, we kind of had the party at your lorry. So that you've got all of the race cars around. Like the legit yeah, yeah. race cars that have been the stars of the show for the weekend as well. And then everyone's just, le- you know, casually hanging out near them. And I, was, I yeah. looked around and I'm big on like absorbing a moment, trying to put every image of that moment in my head so mm. I can remember back and put myself back in that moment. And I remember I was by Dwayne's 180 and I was just like leaning up against it. And he was like, he come over to me and started giving me grief, like he always does, because I, I get on really well with Dwayne now. And he was like, don't be fucking put a dent in my car. I just looked at it. This fucking thing's like, I was like, it's been, a, it's been in a comp series all year, Dwayne. Like, and it was just great, like, you know, hanging around with them and hanging around with everybody. And like, then you see like all the other drivers start gravitating in and their teams start gravitating in. And then all of a sudden you literally have all of the drivers, all of their teams yeah, yeah. relaxing because the event's over for a few weeks now. We can relax for a bit and, yeah. And no, like I said, like it's such an important just... part of it. Yeah, it's such a... and like don't get me wrong, there's also a part of it where do you think I pull up to the starting line against Peter in the final and be like, oh, this is such a nice guy? Of course, no, I of course not. I pull up to the starting and be like, I'm gonna beat, I'm gonna destroy him. Yeah, he had the same mindset. Minute, the minute we come over the finish line, we're laughing at each other, getting out. But that's what you know, sport should be about. Is that definitely and leave, leave it on the track. track. 
and that's it you know it's done after that and, and I think a lot of people don't think that it's like that you know they're like oh like I would often come home you know like to where I'm from and like what like where I'm from is like a very like JA is a big sport in Ireland so Gaelic football and hurling oh yeah 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 so here is very you know driven by JA you know it's a it's a club and but over the last like two years, they've really gotten into drifting. So they have like watch parties in the local pub now for every event. And everybody is into it now. Like literally, if I go down just for a point with my friends or a game of pool, you know, I'm talking to some people or whatever. And I would often get asked being like, oh, what's that Peter Vincent guy like, you know, proper <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, he's sound. Yeah he's, yeah, he's a good guy. Like, And they're like, yeah, like, oh, we, we taught different. And I'm like, no, nah, he's actually sound, dude, you know. But it's actually crazy to see how much people look into that stuff. Yeah. Be like, I don't think they get on. Of course we get on, you know, yeah, but yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's a crazy sport. It's like, it's, it's hard to explain unless you're really in the moment and really like understand. You explained it really well. On. Yeah. It, you explained it's, it really well with the WWE. It is a traveling. I see it almost. And I don't mean this disrespectfully. I love, I love this sport, right? More than anything else in my life. I see it as almost like the traveling circus. Cause yeah, we come yeah, to yeah. town, we yeah. bring all the noise, we bring all the colors, all the, now we bring fireworks and all that sort of stuff. But we're bringing this and motorsport too, which makes it so much better. It's like, oh, it's so good. It actually is crazy, you know. It was so much fun as a bystander coming into the last round with like I think it was five drivers that could all walk away with the championship. Yeah. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah. And it's just like, any better, yeah. You know, after the last two years of uh, let me just say it, pure dominance by Peter. Like the mm. last two years, he is he's done amazingly well. It was fun to have a much more competitive oh, for season. Sure. Um yeah. and uh you know, he's probably going to come back next year with, I assume, the new cars. So we'll have to see how he gets on with that. And um, what's your, what is your plans for next year? I was going to leave this question till later, but while we're talking about drifting, like, what, what's, what's the future hold for Connor Shanahan? Um, not so much I can speak about right now, to be no honest. Um, yeah, I've, I want to go back and do drift masters again. Um, I really would like to like go on a curve and try stay as competitive as I can and try win another championship. Um which isn't easy because it's such a competitive championship. But yeah, for, for Connor Shanahan and, and the company side of things, there's lots, you know, it's it's crazy. And to be honest, like I've been kind of back working since the start of this week. And like, I think the vision of what drifting is right now, even for me as a driver, you know, in the in the thick of it is like, it's, it's mind blowing to be honest. It's like so much stuff is changing. A lot of people are getting interested in it. And, you know, that's what's quite amazing for me. So, of course, there's lots. I have some crazy plans. What are long-term plans? They're not going to happen overnight. But, yeah, I think we're in a good position to to make progress and, and make, like, you know, good good moves and, and do lots of different things. For me, the biggest thing right now is the biggest probably business plan for me next year is that our YouTube is going to come back. Perfect. So I'm finally going to employ a videographer full-time who's hopefully going to, like, live with us and do, like, yeah proper content and we also have something else what maybe we're going to start working on which is like crazy uh if it does happen okay. so there's lot there's lots going on outside of competition driving also which is quite nice but you know and touching on that you know you understand this as well i think it's probably a cool conversation is that like i get asked loads like oh like why aren't you still doing the youtube like you know why don't you have like merch ranges and i'm like i would love to do all that stuff but you know to give you a little bit of insight into our company it's a professional race team who've just won a championship at the top level of drifting. But the only two people employed, let's say, actually employed in the company are me and Jack. Mm -hmm. So it's like, 
Jack runs the garage, fixes all the cars, does everything, builds the best drift cars what I have ever driven. And my side of the company is finance, marketing, you know, emails, meetings. So when you're trying to win, you know, that's the main focus and you're trying to do a good job and you're trying to have the best team. It's impossible to do all that stuff. But I feel like I've always said the last two years for me, even on a driver scale has been like a, a jigsaw puzzle. And I always said to myself, when this side of the jigsaw puzzle comes together, for sure I can win a championship, which has happened. Hoping, I hope it happened last year, but it didn't, but it happened this year. Mm-hmm. So for me to like be like, I said to myself like four years ago that when this puzzle comes together, I knew I could win the championship and it happened, which is like, that's pretty crazy. But now that side of the puzzle is done. You know, we know how to have the best team, you know, have, you know, really good cars and it's nowhere near finished. I want to have the best team in Drift Masters. I want to have the best truck in Drift Masters. I want to come back next year with bigger and everybody's like, holy shit, these guys really know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. That's the plan on that side. But the rest of the jigsaw is kind of like more like outside. Of course, I want somebody who can live with me and we can do content like two videos a week because me and Jack do fun stuff. You know, we do you know, stuff where probably people are like, Jesus, that's a bit mad, but that's the way we live. You know, yeah. we live mad. My family is mad, to be honest. <laughs> My dad is probably outside right now flipping a car in a forklift or something. <laughs> no, there is so much stuff in my house where I'm like, oh, this really needs to be shown, you know, all the yeah. time. So I really want to employ somebody full time to take over to YouTube, have like a proper merchandise and, and sell everything. That's kind of my main focus right now to fix that side. And of course, go back and, and let's see, you know, Jackson needs to win a championship. You know, I know that day is coming for sure. He's probably like my biggest competitor. Uh, you know, it's, it's I, very difficult as well as a friend so of both of you. As a friend so of both of you, it's when one of you, also, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But when one of you, when one of you, when one goes wrong for one of you, normally the other one is really winning. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. one of these like torn okay. things. Um, it was like in uh end of Germany, and Jack was so down, and I was just like, man, like I was like. Yeah, but you're Jack Shanahan, dude. Like it's yeah, I, know it's hard, I think but... that's that's the hardest thing, you know. That's always been the hardest thing. And you know, I think like Jack for me has been the driver. Coming back to a fan of drifting, he's been the driver. You know, if somebody asked me right now who's your favorite driver to watch in drifting, I would say Jack. And it's not it's nothing to do with him being my brother, like nothing at all to do with my brother. It's you know, that anybody guy... wants to know why. I think I can just literally tell one video people can go watch and see why. <laughs> Like, because Jack's one of my favorite drivers yeah, as well. Just absolutely. when I just watch, when Jack Shanahan is being Jack Shanahan and is at the top of his game, mm. look at when he won Latvia this year. Yeah, like, yeah. He's, he's how he enters his car behind people. Yeah, it, it's it, it's crazy. It's like, for me, let's even go back way past that point, you know, when I grew up watching drifting, I'll, I always will say that I learned probably more from Jack's mistakes than my own mistakes okay. uh, because I observed everything a lot when I was a kid. Like, I, you know, people, I was running around the place in a scooter giving everybody cheek, but I actually was watching what was going on. <laughs> um, you know, and I think that's quite cool for me to know that, you know, like we both drive so different. It's crazy. Like we both literally drive complete opposite. You know, in practice cars, probably not. We drive probably quite similar because we're wild. You know, that's just the way we are, even if we're in the field messing in cars, like we're just love wrecking stuff. But (laughs) I think as a competition driver, we drive very or your or driving is very different, you know. So Mm -hmm. but for me, like coming back to that point, is that like I've seen that guy do stuff in a car where I'm like, I'm and even I'm like, what the like, you know, (laughs) how does that even make sense? You know, like remember he's qualifying run last year in Mondello 
first round. 100 points. So, right? uh, 99. First time 99. Of on Valinos and I was I was struggling big time like I was like really struggling with the tire and uh, I remember I was in the car uh, I was just I think I was just after doing my run and I was going back watching it on the live stream and I was watching it and I was like I was like is it just because I'm barely concentrating or was that absolutely mad and I got back <laughs> to the and my team were watching it on the big screen I jumped out of the car to watch the replay and I was like oh my god I was like that is nuts you know but he's always that driver as a fan, you know, if you stand on, on the you know side of the fence or you're sitting in a grandstand, your first time watching drifting, he will always have that effect where you're like, fucking hell, that's mad, you know, like he, he's a nut job, you know, that's just yeah. the way he drives. But I think it's maybe cost him sometimes, uh, you know, that style of driving. It, he will never change it because Jack passionately loves drifting. He loves the technique of drifting. He loves, you know, the driving, different driving styles and I think he's tried to change it a little bit to tame a little bit and, you know, do stuff a little bit different. Like if when I drive at a competition driver, I'm probably actually the most boring driver in the championship to watch. I you definitely know? wouldn't say that. No, but like as a, let's say, terms of, you know, a rule book, like for me, okay, my chase runs are exciting on stadium tracks and I can really, you know, know how to win by pushing and being aggressive. But when it comes to lead lap, I will never overdo it. I will just yeah, do it. Yeah. You know, I, like I will literally sit in briefing and be like this, 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 that's it. I will never risk the car. I will never, you know, I will always just do enough to win, you know. And I, quite something funny of that actually is that when I was young, James Dean's father said to me one day, he was like, and this stuck with me right until now to even winning a championship at the top level of drifting. When I was driving Pro-Am at the time, he said to me, he was like, you know, he was like, when you're driving a Pro-Am championship, he was like, you don't need to drive at 100%, you know. He was like, you just need to drive to do enough and push them over the finish line, you know. And I was like, yeah. And it worked, you know. I won a Pro-Am championship from listening to that information. But he always told me, and he always said, the only way you're guaranteed to lose in drifting is if you score a 10-0. And I, I never really kind of like understood it. I was like, oh, whatever, you know, it is what it is. What, what, like, what do you mean? Like, And he was like, well... If you just do enough, even if you do enough for one more time, you're still in the fight. Whereas if you go out and you throw it away, that's it. You don't have a recovery from that. You know, you can't, you know, he was like, you might get a one more time because somebody might match that because it might not be enough. But then, you know, it's not enough. So then, you know, you need to go that extra little bit, you know. So I think my driving style is a little bit like on the played safe side, but also doing enough. Whereas Jax is like madness. Like, you know, I'm like, <laughs> Both to the wall. He does a top 32 battle lead run, and I'm like, you literally, you literally just nearly trun the event away. And he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Like, I'm like, yeah, but it's cool to see that that side is is very different. But yeah, like you know, we've tried to to make this as big as we can, and we both have very different sides of the company. You know, he has nothing to do with the the, the financial side; he has nothing to do with the company sides. And I quite enjoy that work. You know, if I, to be honest, if I wasn't driving a car, that's probably what I would have ended up doing was marketing or something. And so I think it's it, it works quite good, but it's also like incredibly busy like right now. And I hope we are, we're now in the position where we can employ people full time and stuff, which is quite cool and start looking at those options. So, yeah, I think it's it's quite a nice relationship what we have. And uh, hopefully it stays that way, you know, because it's important that we both work for the for the good of each other and keep pushing each other. But, yeah, coming back to that point, what you touched on, what we started on is that like that's what's hard, you know, like. Jack comes in and, you know, throws the toys out of the pram or I throw the toys out of the pram, you know, vice versa. 
pissed off that we're after losing. And it's very hard for the other driver to, you know, to, you know, you feel it for the other person also as well, but you also are doing it for the good of your will as well. So it's yeah. important to be like, you know, it is what it is, you know, and I think that brings a little bit of enjoyment to the team. If one person does shit and the other person does good. Yeah. It's quite nice. But for us as brothers, it can be quite difficult. You know, it can be, you know, if he's freaking out and I'm, or if I'm freaking out, it's like, whatever, dude, like I also need to try win this. Yeah, event. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk later. You know, it's like, it's nice to try just find that balance. And we, I think we quite do it quite good because we just don't really speak to each other when stuff goes wrong until later yeah. on. We'll touch it on the way back to the airport or whatever, whatever it is. Mm. But yeah, that side of uh, the thing is, it's 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 quite intense sometimes. But it's uh, it's also lucky that we get to to be brothers and drive at the the top level. Fighting each other is is yeah. quite incredible, you know. I think they kind of touched on it actually on the live stream. Uh, well, they didn't. Jack did uh, when he went out to Ite. Ite Sadia yeah, in, in yeah. Germany, and they come up and spoke to him, didn't they? And he was like, "Well, it happens. I've just now got to make sure that Connor wins." Mm-hmm. That was make sure Connor. That's what's crazy. Like coming back to the story of when the engine blew. I yeah. actually was meant to say this when I was telling the story. It's like we were at the track, and the guys were ripping the engine out. And this is like one a.m. This is in Poland. This in Poland. Back yeah. to the story of when the engine yeah, yeah. blew, and I literally had to drag Jack from out underneath the car. To be like, man, go back to the hotel and go to sleep. You know, it's like, yeah, he, it's it's like it's his job to make sure I win as well. You know, as an older brother and as a guy who's done my cars for years and yeah, like I always said, and you no, know, no matter where I drive, I've had options to drive, and we're looking at things for next year. I can't speak too much about it, but no matter where I go or no matter what I want to do, if if a guy offered me a million quid to drive somebody else's car, I would be like, no, like I want to drive the car what I'm used to and I want to get my brother to build it because that's kind of always for me is why we drive very differently also is that I trust the process of everything like I don't think I don't overthink too much if I hear a noise in the gearbox I'm like whatever just tell the guys and get out and walk away if Jack hears a noise in the gearbox he'll strip the gearbox six times to make sure because he's so paranoid about <laughs> car you know but that's, we saw that in Sweden last man, year was it uh, the gearbox was out of the car four or like, five times and I was like, like oh I, I would drive until the thing is wrecked like you know it doesn't make a difference to me because my opinion is if it's going to break it's going to break in a way mm-hmm. whereas as Jack as the car builder it can be quite difficult sometimes for him to tell the guys he rather like do it himself and know that it's perfect you know because he overthinks the mechanical side a little bit too much and worries about it. Whereas I just come in, the go- I just trust that the guys know what they need to do. You know, we have good guys. And I always tell Jack this. I'm like, Jack, get out of the car, go into the aircon and sit there until your next run. Like, what do you, you know, don't like, don't be out there, you know, arguing with the guys about this. Just trust <laughs> that they know what they're doing, you know? So it's, it's quite funny to watch, but he's so switched on with like gearing and mechanical. So like, I'm actually so lucky because like for me, I have very good understanding of a car, but sometimes I can struggle maybe to put it into like exact words of what I want. And the fact that we drive exactly the same car is that like he can come in and be like, yeah, do this. And I'm like, okay. And I do it and it's perfect. You know, that's what's like, like Jack had my car set up for the qualifying run in Poland without even me doing a practice lap. You know, he had my gearing perfect all from his car, you know, so he would do a run, come in and be like, guys, you need to do this to Connor's car to make sure it's perfect. You know, so I was on that starting line and a qualifying run, not thinking, oh, is my gearing perfect or is my setup perfect? Is the tire pressure okay? I just trusted, oh, yeah, Jack has it done, so it's fine. You know, so I think he plays a very heavy part of worrying that 
I need to be perfect also, which I think, to be honest, being honest, probably maybe has a, has an effect on on his own side of driving also, maybe, you know, I don't know. Mm, interesting. That is really cool to hear, though. And obviously, like, like I've said, I've been out of, like, witness you to, you, but you and Jack's growth over the last, fucking, how old are you now? 20, 20. now. You're yeah. 27 years, over seven years I've known you now. So it's been yeah. seven years of watching both of yours careers because Jack's always been top, top boy to me. Like he's always been, both of you and your, and your parents have always just been the best. You know, always feel welcome. You always make sure I've got food in my belly as well. We're out walking around Driftmaster. Like, no one goes without when the Shanahan's are there. It's, uh, <laughs> no, sure, it's amazing. No. Like, literally, I was come over. <laughs> this is a, yeah, I think you were on the phone to your granddad after you won. Yeah. And I, I'd come yeah. over and I was, I didn't want to do any more stories or anything like that. I felt like I'd done a perfect end to it. Uh-huh. So I was like, I don't want to bother Connor. I want you just to have your moment. I just wanted to say I'm proud of you and well done, man. Because I, and uh, you, you were over on the phone, your granddad, I think. Am I right? Saying yeah, granddad? Granddad, yeah, so, yeah. So you were talking to your granddad and your mum come out with a bucket of KFC chicken. She was like, do you want some chicken? <laughs> I was like, not value yeah, i really do <laughs> i was yeah. like i'll have a bit of chicken you know like like yeah. it's just have a burger as well for goodness sake make sure you're eating do you know what i mean it's like because yeah. when you're running around at these events like my, my job is literally from the second we arrive to the second we end which can sometimes be fucking like 18 hour days it's a lot yeah, yeah, yeah. like i'm very proud of what i do you know i like doing it the best i can not just yeah, to sure. make sure the social media looks great but all of you lot are happy with it you lot get your extra little bits for whatever you guys might need for sponsors and that and uh yeah, your 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 family and your team are always just awesome. You know, just to yeah, yeah, no, for sure, I agree. We're quite lucky to be honest to have yeah, yeah, the best parents ever. So it's yeah. quite nice. They they've been great. I wanna I wanna stop talking about drift masters now, and I wanna mm-hmm. I wanna find out how did this all begin for you? You've been saying that you raced a few other disciplines first. What were what was the first um, things that you actually got competitive in? Yeah, so our background was kind of like autographs. Did you ever hear of autographs? So that's what uh, yeah, yeah, I know a little dirt, bit about it. I've never tried like it. Dirt oval racing. We, yep. we still actually have some cars. We we had an event last weekend. What we're a part of, a local club here. So we still uh, play a little bit part in it. That's kind of where the background probably started. Like, so my mom used to race also. So my mom is a yep. national champion in class uh, class nine in autographs, which is like a pretty big deal. I think there's only two women from Ireland to ever win a national. Amazing. So it, um, it was bred into me from every side, but yeah, I think I grew up around cars, you know, like I grew up literally from going to the racetrack from when I've been like probably not even a year old, you know, I was brought up always around cars. Um, so we would have traveled watching mom and dad race up until we were probably like seven, eight. Um, my first competition started racing, in stock cars like over racing stock cars when i was seven was my first race wow uh, seven year yeah, old seven, your first tape, taste of competition <laughs> that is insane so i started then i didn't constantly go from then uh, the story is actually quite funny but yeah going back so mom and dad used to race mom stopped racing uh dad still used to race a little bit then we changed to stock cars and uh we all kind of grew up racing that until nine ten in around that age and then i went racing carts I always wanted to go racing carts. Um, I didn't do much of it to be honest. I actually wasn't a fan when I when I got involved in it. I wasn't a massive as much as a fan as I thought I was. Um, but I think for me growing up, it was kind of like I wasn't really sure to be honest, like what I wanted to do. Um, I played a lot of soccer. I played like oh, county level, okay. yeah county level soccer in Ireland and um, yeah played some 
tournaments and stuff like that. Uh, just kind of you know, growing up, finding out different stuff. I was massive into sport. You know, I used yeah. to love like sport. It was, it was like always had like a football in my hand, or always had a hurley in my hand. You know, um. So then Jack kind of got involved, probably where my career, like let's say, started. Jack got involved in drifting when he was like twelve. Yep. I think it was because um, we spoke about that when I had him on here. We spoke quite in depth about about that as well. It was pretty cool to hear. Yeah, so, so I was like eight at the time, like eight nine. Um, so Jack was drifting for like a year, and I remember one day I was nine actually when I first. There's a video on YouTube but when I first ever slid a car. And often, what car were, was it? What was the first car you did a drift? Uh, in? An S14 M3. <laughs> yeah. So I went to the, we are we had this low like track like an hour away from our house where I actually learned how to drift afterwards. But yeah, we used to go there for some testing. It's just like an oval track. And I remember Jack and James were there at this track this day. And people always say to me, like, oh, you've been drifting since you're nine. And I actually haven't. I slid a car first when I was nine. Um, and my dad was like to me, he was like, Oh, do you want to give it a go? And I was like, Oh, nah, not really. I'm not really pushed. Because I honestly was a kid who was just unknown, didn't understand drifting. Yeah, of course. Just thought it was a waste of time, really, yeah. to be honest. Like when I was a kid. I mean, I thought that up until I was like 25, dude, and then I got bit hard by the the bug. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, and I think when Jack started to come, when I understood the competition side of drifting, when Jack was driving, that's when I was like, fuck, I was like, this is, this is madness. And I think yeah. I'll touch that in a second. But so basically, my dad was like, do you want to give it a go? And I was like, no. And Jack and James were like, go on, go on. They were like, you may as well give it a, give it a go. And I was like, okay. So they put like a booster seat in the car. And I remember I couldn't pull the handbrake. And James Dean's um, spotter, kind of manager, Michael Sheen, who works for him full-time. Now, do you know, do you know yeah, Michael? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Mike. So Michael was with James back then as well. Um, and Michael actually sat in the car with me and pulled the handbrake for me. So I pressed the clutch and he'd pull the handbrake and I started sliding, could slide the corner and everybody was like, oh my God, that's mad. <laughs> and I, was, I just thought like, oh, it's normal. It's fine. Like whatever. Uh, so I done that day. And then my dad was kind of like, oh, you know, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to build a car? And I kind of was like, no, nah. I was like, I'm, I'm not pushed a while. So I was then from then to probably 11, 12, I was flat out playing soccer back in sport. And I remember I was probably 10, I think. I went to an event in Poland, actually right next to where I won my first Drift Masters event. Uh, it was Jack's, Jack's first European Drift All-Stars event. And I went there. And there was a skate park behind the, the track. And I went to this shop with my dad to get messages for uh, the race truck. And I was like, oh, can I please get a scooter? And he was like, no. Like, he was like, you're not getting a scooter. So I finally convinced him to get a scooter. And James was at the event spotting for Jack at the time. Got a scooter. I didn't see them for like the first two days. I was literally just in the skate park. And my mom and dad at that stage were kind of like, what is wrong with this guy? Like, why doesn't he really love drifting? Yeah. And it was not that I didn't love drifting, but I always loved doing stuff myself. Like when I was a kid, man, like I used to come into the house like battered and bruised every day because I was just always doing something. Always had to mess on something. You know, I had crazy carts. I was just always at something. And I remember my mom said to me, I was like, oh, I'm going back to the skate park. And the, the top 32 was about to start. And my mom was like, no, like, come on, you need to watch the event. And I was like, yeah, okay. So I went up to the grandstand. James was spotting for Jack and we were sitting next to each other. And I watched the first battle the whole way to the final. I'm, and I remember I was young that time. And I remember I walked out of that like grandstand and I said to myself, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And I was like, I really, really like 
enjoyed that and I was proud of Jack and I was like it's amazing I was like I, like it was the first time for me that I kind of grew up a little bit and it clicked you know and I was running around events for a long time before that even yeah but it was the first time where I was like this is what I want to do and I remember I got home and me and my dad were talking about it so kind of was like a year on from then Jack drove I think he won or he'd done a full European championship that year and he finished like in the top five in an SR 180 and obviously we knew that he was a very good driver and and what's crazy about this story is that as this was going on and Jack was making like a lot of progress, like business was really difficult for my dad at the time. Uh, like my dad was a very wealthy man back, you know, at that time, but unfortunately lost a, a lot of stuff when like recession hit in Ireland and, and, but anyway, that's besides the point. So like I kind of understood that a little bit from the outside, even though I was young, you know, and yeah. I couldn't, I knew what money was being spent. And I was like, fuck, I was like, I don't know if I want to put them under pressure to do mm. this. And so like a year on from then, uh, dad was like fuck it he was like we'll build a car you know we do everything at home in a way like my dad is gifted with his hands and jack so it's not like we have to pay a company to to make a car mm. so my dad is like okay we'll 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 build something and i didn't really know at the, at the time i was like i don't mind whatever i was like why not so they started an m3 compact which i actually bought the car back this year um my oh first did you really year. yeah i bought it back um so they, they started to build it and they were obviously focusing on Jack and Jack needed some upgrades and stuff at the time. So I was kind of like, it was probably like, I think maybe, I think I was like 12 by the time I actually drove that car. But while this was going on, finally convinced my dad to buy me a simulator. Like I wanted a simulator since I was like nine, but my dad just did not believe in it. Like he was like, it's a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a simulator when I was like 10. And I was playing the simulator all the time. Like, I mean, like, it was crazy. I was playing the simulator until like 3, 4 a.m. in the morning. Really? Like, and what, were you drifting on the sim or drifting, were you doing grip racing? Yeah, drifting. And I had a good bunch of friends on the simulator that time. And there was loads of us playing. Like, so that's, it's crazy. Like, I've been playing the simulator now like 10 years. Like, and, you know, and it's 100% the biggest key of why I'm the driver I am. Like, it's I so all, funny you say always, that because I had Kevin Piscotti on the, episode previous it's, to this no I spoke to, him, spoke to him in person about yeah. this actually and he I asked him straight out I said how have you got so good yeah. and he said to me he said because he said I took a similar path to what you done and I was like yeah. what do you mean and he was like I'm playing the simulator shit loads you know but yeah. so then I got the simulator uh was playing it nobody was really taking any notice Jack used to play it every now and again but Jack knew that I was really good on the simulator like he was like he was like that's impressive yeah Learned how to left a break, all the all these things. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So my dad built this car, and <laughs> he was like, "Um, we're going to go, we're going to go to Watergrass Hill, which is my local track, and we're going to do an event." And I was like, "What?" I was like, "I've never competed in, in my life." Like I was like, "What do you mean we're going to do an event?" And he was like, "Oh, there's an amateur event on there this weekend." And I was like, "Yeah, cool." I was like, "Why not?" So yeah. I went there. I was probably just turned twelve at this stage. Um. Jumped in the car, could drift the car, no problem. Like, linked the whole track. And my dad was like, what? Like, like I remember I came in the first time. <laughs> of course, me, like, proud little kid. I was like, what do you think of that? Like, and it was such a cool car as well. And uh, my dad was like, fuck me. He was like, I did not expect that the simulator was that good. Like, he couldn't believe it. Like, <laughs> so did I you go home and find John on the old sim? Was he there in <laughs> your sim? <laughs> it was funny. I, I done that event. Ended up winning the event. Like, my first ever event, what I done, I ended up winning it. And, like, everyone was like, what? Like, yeah. they were like, That's How crazy. old are you at this point, sorry? 
12, just turned 12. I think. Just turned 12, wow. Uh, yeah, numbers could be a bit wrong there, but I think just turned roughly, 12. Roughly, roughly. Yeah. So then I got home, and a funny story actually got home from that week, and my dad was like, do you want a new simulator? Like, <laughs> he, was all, he was all in. Like. And Alan Hines used to be big in the simulator at the time, and he had yeah. like the, this like good steering wheel. My dad was calling Kieran, being like, oh, what's the name of the simulator Alan has? I need to buy Connor a new one. And, <laughs> Brilliant. So I was on the simulator like every day since then. And I was doing some events. I don't like a champ that championship in that compact. I ended up winning the championship. And then I really loved that car. Like I was like, oh, I love this car. I wanted to stay driving it. And then one day I came home from school and the car was sold. And I was I went mad. Like I like went mad at my dad. I was like, what are you doing selling that car? But my dad was building a customer's car at the time, a good friend of ours, Gary Sweeney. Which was the 180, what I first brought, what you'd got a pasture spinning. Yeah. So my dad and Jack were building this with Gary as they were friends, but my dad and Jack were building it for him. And it was a 1J, um, like 350Z gearbox, like decent car, uh, wise fab on the front. and mm-hmm. But the car was finished and Gary just had bought a business and he wanted to focus on that business. So he didn't really want to carry on with the car. Mm-hmm. And I was seeing this car every day because like it was in our garage being built. And it was a really cool car. So Gary was like, my dad, look, do you want to buy it off me? He was like, I really need to focus on the business for a couple of years and get it going, you know, and he's now has a really successful business as well. So um, my dad was like, yeah, sure. It's a good car for Connor, you know, to get him up like to a proper car. And uh, so it sold to BMW. It was going mad. I was like, oh, sake. I was like, why did you sell that car? Like, and uh, then one day I came home from school, went up to the garage and I went in the door Jack was in there doing something and he was like, oh, go over and look at Gary's car. The body kit's on it. It's finished. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool. So I went over and then there was an Irish flag on the door, on the window with Connor Shanahan. And oh, I love it. Like, oh, I was like, no way. So <laughs> I was still annoyed that the BMW was sold. Like, <laughs> <still> was annoyed. <laughs> and I went um, down to my dad. My dad was in the kitchen and I was like, oh, I was like, OK, I can't give out to you anymore. And he was like, I think that was actually like a Friday. And he was like, oh, we're going up the north. Um, We're going to bring the car so you can test it. They were they were actually going up to the guy who bought the BMW um, oh, okay. you know, to, to, to do some lessons with him and stuff. So I was like, yeah, fine. Went up first lap ever driving this car, broke two GTR half shafts like, at, the, at the same time. So wrecked the half shafts, didn't have any spare ones, so I couldn't drive it. And I was just watching my old car go around lap oh. after lap. And I was like, oh, like I just want this car back. Yeah. So got back home and done some changes to the car. And then there was a water grass hill event on same championship while I won in the compact, but the pro class was on uh, the next weekend. And uh, dad was like, oh, we'll do that in that car. And I was like, yeah, cool. Um, so they fixed everything, got everything perfect went to that event and I ended up winning it in the rain and the car was so good. Like it was sick. Like it was so, it sounded unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, one J it was like 400 brake horsepower. And then I done that year in the car, like amateur events and never, I was too young to compete in IDC. So I could never compete in IDC until the following year. So then dad was like, okay, we'll give it a proper go. And I was like, all right. So then one day I came home from school and the 180 was on four axis stands stripped to nothing. Like, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? My, and my dad was like, oh, we're rebuilding the car. Like, Samsonis dog box, 2J, 
what full wise fab and, and I at this just, point do you understand do you understand yeah. when you're that age like holy no, shit, no, this is yeah, gonna be a fucking just, real like, serious thing now, i obviously like. watched him building jack's car all the time and so i was like okay whatever and yeah. jack was building a new car at the time as well actually um or upgrading his s14 what he had so they just finished Jack's car, which was an M3 Turbo S14, like 800 brake horsepower. Uh, it was like such a sick car. Um, and the plan was for us to both do IDC and BDC the following year. Um, so dad was like, okay, he was like, we'll finish the car or whatever. So then the next year came and the car was finished. I had a 2J, all, all the bells and whistles. And went to do the first round, but I actually was too young to do the first round of BDC. And I missed the first two rounds of IDC, I think, because I was too young. So I got four rounds of BDC in that year. And I had four back-to-back podiums in Pro-Am. Like, uh, the thing was unreal. Like, I was, like, got to Pro every day. And I was... But that year, when we built Jack's new car, the engine blew the first event. And we couldn't afford to put a new engine in it. So we shared, we shared the 180 for the season. So I was driving it on the Saturday. He was driving it on the Sunday. Following year came... And then it was like, okay, we'll give the Pro-Am Championship now. So I finished second in the BDC Championship behind Danny Grundy because I missed the first round. And then the second year came and dad was like, okay, we'll give uh, it a proper go now. He was like, you know, we'll do full championship, IDC and BDC. And I ended up winning both. And I ended up winning both. Next year came, uh, which was the jump to pro. So this is all in like four years, which is like madness. Like I went, yeah. I went to Europe in 2018, and I was drifting probably four years then, like which is quite mad. Oh, so amazing. yeah, then I went to pro, and I ended up finishing second in the BDC Pro Championship. And I who finished. pipped you to that? Who who won? I think it, Matt Carter won it that year. Okay, yeah, Matt Carter, big name, big name yeah. in UK drifting. Yeah, Jack Jack was third, I think. And then I finished third in the pro championship in Ireland. And how how I ended up going to Drift Masters is quite a funny story. So this is like t- in the 2017, like top driver in pro national championships and car was good. So then dad was like, so Jack was decided to go back to Drift Masters, to go to Europe in 2018. We had that decision made even in 2017 um, because he got a sponsorship from a tire company. And so dad was like, look, we'll do a pro IDC and BDC championship again next year. And I was like, yeah, cool. I was like, I'm I'm happy with that. So then like four weeks before the season started, um, I actually done the NEC show in January. Okay. Uh, you know, the auto sports show. I yep. done the live show with James at that. And, you know, like James was like to me, he was like, fuck me. He was like, your driving has came on like so much, you know, chase runs. And I was like 14 at the time. And dad, four weeks before Drift Masters, we were leaving. He was like, oh, he was like, I wonder would Drift Masters give you an entry? And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, and it, it made sense what he said, because he was, he wanted to do a full IDC and BDC championship with me and a Drift Masters championship with Jack. And, you know, we were quite lucky that my dad had like a really good structure. Like my dad always wanted us to become successful, you know, in motorsport. And the funny part of the story is my dad absolutely hated drifting. Like I remember Jack it. told us the whole the yeah. whole story. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it's quite funny. But then he got so invested in this journey, like, and 
like the passion what he but my dad had to win like if like when i was a kid when i was racing if i didn't win my dad would barely speak to me that was the way it was you know my dad invested he didn't mind investing he wouldn't change anything for the world but, but we had to respect winning you know winning was what was important you had to take it seriously if, if your dad's even, putting this much money in now, yeah even now like my dad steps back and still involved in the team but even now, if we don't win, like, and he has nothing to do with it, you know, we're sponsored and everything. But even now, he's still pissed off. Like, you know, he's just that type of person. <laughs> so anyway, going back to the story, we're four weeks out from Drift Masters. He was like, I wonder, will you get an entry? And I was like, yeah. So Jack called Eric from Drift Masters, being like, my brother wants to come. And Eric's like, yeah, cool. He was like, bring him. So my dad's logic behind the story was that it would have ended up costing him more for me to do an IDC and BDC championship than do Europe because it, the truck was going in a way. So it was yeah. just a kid putting a trailer on the truck. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there being like, this is madness. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> and like people at that time were like, they couldn't understand like how I progressed. Like, I think there was like a space of like two years there when I was driving Pro-Am and Pro. Like every weekend I podium, like I, I was on a like, consistent podium rate until I first went to Drift Masters and I was putting so much work in on the simulator like driving the plock track which was uh, 2018 you've probably seen the video of where I beat James I, I watched it live man I, watched, I remember I was yeah. so 2018 just to put you in a picture of where I was I was uh in between selling my first house and buying the one I'm in now and okay. this is a new build, so it wasn't ready for eight months. So I had to move into a shed in my mom and dad's garden. And the only thing I could watch was my phone because there was no internet down there. Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, oh, I'll just I, I remember because I'd, I'd followed James. Like I got into drifting in 2016. So I saw James and Jack. They were like the first battle I saw at Global Warfare. Okay. Yeah. And then obviously I was like, oh, I'll just tune in. And I'd met you already. So I, I, you know, become a little bit pally with you. And I was like, to me, the Irish have always been the boys. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, I, yeah, I look yeah, at you guys yeah. as like the, the big Donnies, but you're the guys that I get to hang out with anyway. So it's just like, I was what I was like, oh, they're, I know that's just Driftmasters things. I didn't really know much about the championship itself. Um, but I was like, I knew you and James and uh, Jack and all that were in it. I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll put it on because I've got nothing else to do. I can't, I can't yeah, watch yeah. telly or Netflix yeah. or really anything. So I'll just watch it on my phone. So I was, uh, I was in a shed in my mom and dad's garden <laughs> when I was watching this unfold. So, yeah, it was it, like, it was, so we went to that event and to give you a reference from my side of it. Like I'm thinking like, what's going on? And we actually quite cool. We traveled to that event with James. Like, so I went in the truck with my dad. So I drove from Ireland to Poland with my dad in the truck. And James was on the same boat as us. And, like, I remember even on the boat, like, my dad was taking the piss out of me, and he was like, oh, James, going to wipe you here. And, oh, we were just having a bit of banter, going back and forward. Like, and my dad was like, you're, he was like, you're going to get your eyes opened here, you know, like, yeah. taking the piss out of me. And then we went to that event, and it was quite, it comes back to stadium tracks again, you know. I love that style track. I've always loved that style track, yeah. uh, where you can really be aggressive on the door and, like, go for mad chase runs. So, oh, I remember we unloaded and Jack was actually doing his leave and cert exams at the time in school. So he missed the first practice day and him and my man flew out afterwards. Okay. So Jack didn't get a whole pile of practice, but like if there was bookies on this, if there was like odds on this yeah. event, I was like, like you would have probably made millions off me if there was odds. Cause like yeah. nobody, you know, everyone knew Jack there. They obviously knew that I was his younger brother and I was winning stuff at home, but I wasn't in drifting long enough to be like, Oh, this guy's a shark, you know, yeah. like I yeah, didn't think yeah. that also. So Jack I was, was going to ask, sorry to interrupt. I was going to ask, um, 
when your dad's giving you all like the banter because I know it's very fun. I know it's right. Like I've been around. I know there's a whole lot of like uh, you pick at each other because you you know you're all really close. You know, it's like for an instance, you and Jack in the stadium in Poland arguing over that scooter was one of the funniest things for me to watch because like I'm I'm looking at you two like you're about to have the biggest weekend of both your lives and you're you he's giving you grief about not taking this scooter out. Like do you know what I mean? Like that that whole yeah, thing. So yeah, um, sure. were you thinking when your dad giving you that that grief? Like oh, oh, all right, watch me. Or were you really, just thinking, no, he's really, right. To be honest, because I was so, I was so unknown to what it was. Yeah. But I remember I went there and it kind of changed quite fast, actually, because I'd done my first practice lap and I was like, oh, this track is sick. And I'd never driven a track like it in my life. And I was yeah. quite worried, like so many walls. And, and I remember James, I was in a different practice group to James and James watched the first practice group. And I remember James came up to my dad being like, fuck. <laughs> that's like he was like that's impressive and my dad didn't tell me anything like my dad kept pushing me and then I think my dad kind of went after waved in of like he's like actually, actually as good as we thought or he's better like you know and my dad was really pushing me that weekend you know he was like you know in practice he was telling me like yeah he was like you can still push like you know he wasn't giving me any like hope you know he was just trying to keep me humble in the experience and the event came and qualifying came. I think I qualified third and that was like, I was like, this is the best night of my life. Like I was yeah. like, it's amazing. <laughs> so then the next day came, done some chase runs in practice and everybody was talking about my chase runs. Even drivers were like, what the, like, and it was completely from the simulator. Like, you know, it was the first time I actually properly aggressively, you know, chased in real life. And the event just unfolded. Like I can't barely remember the event to be honest, but it's still probably, of course, the championship was the most special night of my life. But to be honest, this win was actually is not far away. Like, because it was like, it was madness. Like, I got to the final against James, and even it didn't feel real. Like we were driving out of the track, and I was. And what it was even cooler, it was my birthday. So the final battle started at twelve o'clock, and I literally turned fifteen as we left the start nine. So, so yeah, good. like we finished the your run. life is a movie, Connor Shanahan. I swear. James crashed into me uh, on the last corner, on the last transition. So I knew I had won and he drove up, like, trun me into the air and was like, you fucking did it. He was like, <laughs> And the, the crowd, I remember Keen Leonard was standing next to me. The crowd sang happy birthday to me in Polish. Oh, that is so like, cool. Like, and it was like, I was like, what is going on? Like, I was like, this is crazy. Like, my phone shut down. My phone wouldn't even turn on. Like there was that many messages and it, it was like bananas. Like it, yeah. it was just like crazy. And for me, I was still a fan. I was still a, I was still a fan of James. Like, of course yeah, I'm yeah. still a fan of James now, but I was still like, I just battled James Dean. Like, what? <laughs> and like, I remember I went back to the truck and my phone turned on, like, and I had message from like Freddie Asbo, Daigo Saito resharing the chase run. You know, that for me, like Mad Mike was texting me and I was like, well, I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, and I remember uh, James actually has a video of me on his phone. Like I was like, I was still in my race suit covered in champagne and I literally fell asleep up against the counter, like scrolling on Instagram. <laughs> I got my phone in my hand. I was just done. Like, but yeah, that was like probably the turning point of my career being like, okay, now we really can give it a go. And I think probably, to be honest, that battle has got me what I got. It's probably, being honest, the reason why I'm wearing this cap on my head, maybe, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, it played massive parts of different things and put me on the map. So then you fast forward, let's say, to now and what's went on in between has 
two championships. 2018 was quite good, actually. My first year, I finished fifth in the championship uh, with some bad luck also. And everybody was then like, okay, like he's... And I remember I won that event and everybody was slating online and saying like, oh, it's the look of a kid. You know, he's not going to do it again. And I went to Hungary and qualified first at the next event. And I was like, fuck y'all. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I then, then I was like, okay, I really like, really want to start pushing and learning more. Then 2019 happened, which is probably still the worst year of my life. I built a new car, an S15, and absolutely hated the thing. Uh, had shit results all year, didn't get on good, and it was just annoying because I knew I was better than that. It looked very cool, though. Although you didn't obviously get the results you wanted, it looked fucking yeah. mint. Like, like... 2020, yeah, it was the... And then 2020 was probably the biggest achieve... one of the biggest achievements of my career, becoming a fully branded Red Bull athlete. Let's talk about that. Yeah, for stop, sure. Let's stop, stop, because I think I could let you... You are such a good storyteller, Connor. I could let you just <laughs> no, rattle up. I feel like I've got to be a host to say, stop. I want to I want to talk about this Red Bull deal because this is a big deal. Mm. Just to have a company like... I mean, I drank the Red Bull just for you today, my friend. I had the Red Bull with me. Um, always a sugar-free one, though. And it always, always annoys me when they don't bring this one to the events because this is my favourite. But anyway... Um, how did this come about? How were you approached by Red Bull? Because they are, I have to be, like, I'm speaking out of turn, maybe, but they've got to be one of the biggest companies in the world at this point, especially involved in motorsports. I mean, they yeah, have they have F1, they have football, they've got their football teams, they've got F1, they've got you now in drifting, they've got uh, Kuba, obviously, as well as one of their superstars. And they're so heavily involved in every aspect of sport. How do they find Connor Shannon? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like touching off that journey point. So we came to probably twenty end of twenty eighteen, I think. Yeah, end of twenty eighteen. Like it's it's quite bananas how this happened, to be honest. And it was it's probably, to be honest, the most emotional part of my career. Like the most the probably the part where I will look back and say, you know, that was like for me the achievable of what I always wanted. You know, I've yeah. always and it's not it's not about the company it's not that i always said that i wanted to be a red bull athlete of course i everybody would like to but it was kind of the turning point you know i remember like for me it was crazy you know like what happened i was like 15 16 knew how much pressure my mom and dad were under which was like insane there were so many times we should have stopped his career like nobody has any idea of that stuff like it's the time money what was invested you know, like there, we often went to events where like we could barely afford to put diesel in the truck. Like my mom and dad never stopped and they would never change it. You know, they always like said that we want you to become successful. And it's, and I always swore to my mom and dad, my mom, I would be really close to my mom. And uh, I always said to my mom, like when I was young, I was like, I promise you, I will make money from this sport. I was like, I promise you that this will become my business. And, you know, I remember Drift Shifters was going on at the time when my Red Bull contract happened, and it's quite funny how this happened. So I was sitting at home on my couch downstairs, like 16, I was 16, I think, at the time. And... Is that the Liverpool thing, that Drift Shifters? They yeah, so drifting. all this kind of was going on at the time. Yeah, I was up there. I, I got I got took up there by Toyota for that. Okay, class, yeah. yeah. So it was cool, and so then somebody called me, or no, somebody left me a voicemail from Red Bull Ireland and like i never approached rebel like rebel came to me which makes even the story more sweeter um so i got a voicemail from red bull like uh aiming from rebel ireland and it was like oh can you call me back when you get a chance we want to speak to you about something and i was like yeah 
whatever you know and personally i got told that drift shifters was supposed to come to ireland and i remember my brother my brother was in australia at the time he was there with luke fink for like two months or something and of course if anything like that happened he'd be the first person i'd run to and talk to about it so i called him i actually facetimed him and i was like oh i was like somebody tried to call me from red bull today i was like uh i think it could be about drift shifters and i actually didn't call him back for like a week like i know it's quite funny so oh for fuck's sake then i got an email uh from rebel ireland and i was like okay i was like i'll call him and there was some other stuff going on and i can't remember why i didn't so i called him back and uh i was like oh oh." i was like i had a missed call from you i had a quick conversation and he told me that they wanted me to become an athlete and i was like what like honestly that that for me like i was literally jumping around the city on the phone like being like what the heck is going on so obviously i was still quite young so i couldn't become a full branded athlete for red bull and the story i can't really go into too much detail here but don't, don't say anything that you don't want to say yeah, the story kind of evolution of what how it happened is is, is quite crazy like so i was a rebel not a rebel athlete but i was involved in red bull for a long time before it happened um got you know got involved with them and I didn't become a fully fledged athlete until 2019. Yeah, 29 or 2020, I think. Started 2020 with S15. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it was actually really frustrating at the time for me when the, all this was happening because it was in the middle of COVID. So like I was I about signed, to ask, how, how yeah. did COVID affect the potential Stopped. deal? Like... So I was getting delivered like all these race suits, fridges to my house, car looks sick, talking about doing all these crazy events. And I was stuck at home. So I was like, oh, this is pretty shit. But, you know, I think going back to the start of the story was like, I remember when I was a kid, if I went to the racetrack or if I was following somebody in sports, like Travis Pastrana was a hero for me when I was a kid. Like, I used to watch everything he used to do. And I think it was like, if you went to a racetrack and you've seen somebody wearing a Red Bull helmet, it's kind of like, gives you like verification that guy's a proper dude. You know? Yeah, the so validation that, oh shit, yeah. Red Bull picked him up. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. one of those. It's like if you see, yeah. um, like in anything, obviously there's brands in everything. So if you, yeah, so if sure. you hear of someone being like an Adidas sponsored footballer, yeah, you're like, cool. oh fuck, he must be like, He's or she good. must be top of their game. You know, yeah. if they're picking up these people, oh shit, sure. they're selecting yeah. that person. Because I've got a friend that is a, a Monster Energy athlete uh, who in in freestyle mountain biking. Okay, so, cool. so I've been around that a lot of my adult life because he got picked up yeah, when we sure. were. Must have been 20, maybe he got picked up by Monster and he's been with them ever since. Like they look after him really well. Sam Pilgrim, he's a mad oh, fucker. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it's like, you know, for me when that happened, and like telling my mom and dad that after that phone call was probably the most proudest moment I think yeah. I've ever had. Like, like I was young, would have never, would have been like, I'm an emotional dude and I, but I would never, you know, being emotional in front of my parents, but it was like hard not to cry when I was telling them that, yeah. you know, because it was like, it was kind of like, it was more a reward for them than it was a reward for me, you know, because I think they kind of sat there afterwards and was like, you know, we done it, you know, yeah. we done what we always wanted to do with our kids. And so I think, you know, that's like, you know, quite crazy. And I think like, what's nice about that is like, if I was to say something to my dad, my dad would always say to me, like, he would never change anything. But my dad always says to me, like, you have to do the same someday you know like that's what's important for for my parents yeah so i think it kind of gave them like you know a nice like uh, you know there was a massive achievement and i I remember so 
when I found out all of this, I got to do a show run outside of being an athlete. It was just the first time I met the company and my mom and dad came with me and we actually, we got uh, put up in this like super nice hotel in Belfast. And uh, I remember we were sitting down in the lobby after the show and like the hotel was proper nice. And it was kind of the first event we ever done with Red Bull. And I remember my mom and dad were like, they were like, this is cool. Like, they, were like, they were like, this is fucking cool. And I yeah. was like, this is cool. I was like, it's pretty amazing. But then, yeah, so I got the phone call. I knew that it was going to happen, had some meetings. And it was going on for probably a year and a half, to be honest, before I actually came an athlete. So it was quite nice to know that it was it was, it was, was coming. Yeah. And, you know, I called Jack. Jack was in Australia. And uh, I think, like, for me, calling Jack was nice. But calling Jack was also a little bit like, you know, because Jack has grew up in an era where it's Connor, his brother, has has you know, being the guy where people have been sponsoring him. People and you know yeah, that's yeah. I understand that that you know can be a little bit you know difficult sometimes. And he was obviously incredibly proud of me. You know when he put the body kit on the car, the first Red Bull car we had, like in I think he would probably still speak about it and be like that was like the best car was ever left his workshop. You know it was like it was yeah. insane that he's just put a fully Red Bull race car on the ground for his brother, you know, but I think a part of it obviously is like, cause he's worked as hard as me, if not harder, you know, and like, I think a part of him was probably like, Fuck, you know, like I wanted that or, yeah, you know, of course. you're obviously going to small bit think like that, you know, and he's not, he's not that type of person, but I can understand it, you know, but I could call him and, you know, we were talking about it and he was like, holy shit. He was like, that's crazy. And yeah, you know, he didn't say much on the phone. And then, he texts me like two hours later being like, that's fucking amazing. Like he was like, that's like, he was like, that's mind blowing. And I was like, I was like, I still don't believe it. So I went on for like this year and a half of becoming an athlete. And to be honest, like it, be, being an athlete now is like surreal. You know, it's a little bit like it's normal for me now. I've been working with him for like five years. It's just such a, it's an incredible company. And I honestly, like when I won the championship, um, and Red Bull is a company what's so big, like maybe sometimes gets like overlooked. You know, I've like, you know, if I work with a company who invests a lot of money with me and it's kind of like a family run company, I'm very close to that company, you know, and I very yeah, appreciate that company. So I think like sometimes for like what Red Bull do gets a little bit like overlooked. But for me, it was like winning that championship was like, you know, they were the company five years ago who came to me and believed like seen something and the reason why I became an athlete with Red Bull, being honest, is that they signed me because they knew that there was belief that I could win. And yeah. that was that was the reason. So when it happened, it was like, fuck, I was like, that's like, you know, such a cool story that also yeah. they have, you know, that they played such a huge part in it. So I think, uh, yeah, like working with them now is honestly like, it's mind blowing. Like the stuff I've got to do, I've got to meet Max Verstappen, I've got to do stuff with all the big boys and, I yeah, tell so. me about the um the thing you did. Was it in Milton Keynes where you got to like you, like Max Verstappen was there in his F one car, right? And then yeah, you're yeah, there yeah, in the drift car. So how how was that? Or just being like one of the superstars there. Yeah, you know, that's what's show, crazy. Like, like, but that's what's crazy about the company is like I've done, you know, I've done some projects like what have been dreams, like drift the miles gap in Ireland, which is like one of the most famous roads in Ireland, like which would have never happened if it wasn't for Red Bull. Yeah. And you know, there's so much stuff where you're like this is like bananas you know and it's like like probably to be honest like the biggest i think thing about working with a company like i remember i got delivered my first box of hats and i put it on and, I, and like it was just like 
wow i was like i didn't expect it to feel that good you know my first helmet came and the helmet was sick and you know it's just like little things where you kind of like it kind of makes you appreciate everything you've done and everybody what everybody's done around you you know it kind of is like a bit of validation to be like fuck that's a proper company working with with a guy you know so it's it's quite nice the biggest problem is is trying to get my friends to stop robbing my red bull clothes (laughs) (laughs) they all love them and i can't give them any so it's like will you stop taking stuff you know but it's um it's cool it's it's been an incredible journey of of working with them and i'm proud to say that i work with them as well it's it's a nice feeling for sure well, hopefully there'll be many, many more years to come because obviously I get to work with like the media side of Red Bull at Driftmasters and they're all brilliant. Like they're all yeah, so they're nice to, to deal with. And uh, um, it's so great to see that you and Jack, because I know Jack has his own sponsor deals on the art for his stuff as well. Like just just growing and being able to stay in this motorsport because I, I genuinely don't feel like drifting will be, European drifting would be, would feel the same without either of you because... There is that, like that magical chaos that happens in your pits. <laughs> that oh, is just like right. uh, I remember. I think we I was could, at a BDC round. Yeah. yeah, I was at a BDC round one year. I can't remember. Maybe 2017 at Rockingham, and I saw your dad put co- uh, Jack's car, I think, on its side to take the gearbox out. Like the team didn't. They just pushed the car onto the side <laughs> to right. take the gearbox out. And I was like. But my, like what the, the funny thing is like is that like like anyone who knows my dad personally knows my dad is like my dad is crazy. Like I've seen stuff my dad do stuff some stuff what he shouldn't have done. <laughs> no. But like my dad would like if I was on a if I if I was in that final in the ground at a stadium last two weeks ago, whenever it was, and my car broke down and I told my dad that he'd cut off his hand for me to win the championship. He would have got a hack so and cut it off without like, even thinking about it. You know that's like he like I've seen him do stuff where he goes so crazy about winning. Like he's so obsessed with the passion. Is that like I've seen him do stuff where I'm like, man, like you actually need to get checked. Like, <laughs> but he's like, and I'm like, what? Like, and it like all for the good, of course. Yeah, of course. But like he does stuff where I'm like, holy, go to the complete other side of the pits. Like, you know, yeah. and it's like nobody has the passion what he has had you know like nobody has like, I have a question that much you know i have a question uh, in oh. finland when it was you versus jack in the final was he got it he was missing it because he didn't yeah, make it that weekend it. right we, so like it's the talking point of the house we slag him he was racing himself that weekend and uh yeah, he just decided not to go. We we're really kind of unsure about it. The first drift event he's ever missed, I'd say. First ever competition event he's ever missed for me and Jack, I'd say. So it was there. Yeah, we, we were a little bit unsure why it happened. And we were like, what's going on? And he was just like, oh, I just wanted to go race myself and my friends. And we were like, cool, whatever. Um, And it turns out that we both got to the final. So I was like... Oh, and you put know. on a show as well. I, yeah, um, I sent you then couple of videos that I got didn't I because uh yeah. I went and put myself I didn't know if I was meant to be there or not but the way the way I kind of see it is that if I'm not meant to be somewhere I'll get told off right like yeah. so and then I can just go be, oh sorry easier to ask for forgiveness than, than or, to ask or, for permission you're right yeah so I'd gone and stood like in the little like bird nest bit in the middle of the yeah, track yeah. and I was like I'm just gonna watch this shit from here because like I've known like I said known you two for over seven years and you've always been so great and just courteous and kind to me so I was like 
I just want to watch the two boys just to have it out. May the best man win. Do you know what I mean? And then I got to then see you both at LZ World Tour once again. I got to stand at the side of the track and do the presenting on the live stream. It was fucking tits. And then I got to come out and be like, oh, Jack's had his own back a little bit here, even though you're borrowing cars. You know? And I love that. I love the story. And I hope that it obviously all stays as it is and keeps growing for the both of you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been it's been unreal. So there's another thing I want to ask you about. Um, that's what I was about to say. If there's anything yeah. else, because I'll ramble all day. Yeah, and... no, no, no. I think we're going to have to do another one of these, Connor, because I haven't even got through half of the stuff I wanted to talk to you about. But <laughs> um, uh, I, I won't I won't keep you too much longer. Um, I think we're going for about an hour and a half, hour, 40 minutes, which is, which is a really long time. But there's uh, one major thing I want to touch on that we haven't, and it was the, the Top Gear thing. Mm-hmm. With you getting to... Give Hammond some grief, which was awesome. And uh, and I, how was that for you? Because how old were you when that opportunity came around? You must have been 14, 15? 13. 13 still, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I am um, 13-year-old and you're on Top Gear. What, what, what was that whole experience like? And how did that come about? How did that opportunity arise? Yeah, it was pretty crazy, actually. It was like uh, probably like the first big, like major thing I'd done. Uh it was mad. Like the thing, the project itself was crazy. Like it gave me a good insight into what way you know that side of 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 media works, and met met lots of connections also through it. Um, how it came up was actually, I think, I actually think like Bagsy played a big part in it. Okay. So Bagsy was invo- involved in the project. Um, yeah. he was teaching the- Richard, right? Yeah. Wasn't that it? He was like yeah, the guy yeah, yeah. teaching Richard. So yeah, he was involved in the project side of it in a way, and. I think they were like looking for, you know, to make the story a lot like better and, and, yep. you know, make it a bit different. So yeah, I think they, Bagsy obviously recommended us and then they got in touch and uh, I was like, yeah, of course I'm going to do it, you know? And I went there and it was, it was sick. Like it was so cool. It's still getting shared everywhere actually. Like I yeah. still see it every now and again. And I was so small there as well. I was like a kid, like I didn't even yeah. know what was going on, but yeah, it was, it was quite <laughs> cool to to do stuff like that. Richard was like such a cool guy, like like just a normal dude, like no, you know, there was no like, you know, fame in him. It was just like sitting in the back of the car talking about some stuff, waiting to do what we needed to do. And it was quite cool. It was like it was a cool opportunity as a kid to experience like, okay, I'm actually going to be on TV. You know, it's quite crazy. It's amazing, man. I remember seeing that and just being like, man, this kid's got something. You know, I mean, you just see, you know, and you were giving him grief, weren't you? I can't remember exactly what you said, but... Yeah, I, I, I yeah. think it was like something like three times my age and still the same size or something. Yeah, like. yeah, something like that. It was really funny and like it was just it made the whole thing great and it was just so cool to see because that was just when I was starting to like really get invested in drifting, and um, it was just so cool, man. Like I was like, this yeah. is this is sick. But Connor, I've had you for a, for a good amount of time today, man. And if I can steal you again in a few weeks or a yeah, few months sure. or whatever, like. Uh, we can run through the rest of this because otherwise this could end up being a three, four hour podcast. <laughs> and uh, I know, not just that I wouldn't be against that, but it's getting dark in England early now and I need to walk the dog. So uh, I think uh, uh, what, let's just end it. What are you doing over the winter months um, until the, the series all kick off again? Like what are your plans from now until then? Um, probably just carry on now with some work, prepare everything for next year. We're building a new race trailer for the team. Uh, so that takes some work and, decide what we're doing with the cars i'll either build a new car or else refresh the one i have so me and jack have some work to do to figure out that and driving wise i'll be driving in scotland all winter so yep. i'll be doing the full winter championship getting some training in on the simulator driving with the boys and having fun you should um consider live streaming you on the sim 
making it like a Twitch channel. Yeah, or I actually, like that. I actually done it before when I was when I was younger. I done it on Twitch a couple of times. Um, but yeah, same thing goes as, as everything. It's just trying to find time to find to the everything. time to do it. Yeah. Uh-huh. The only thing I could recommend there would just be a setup, the OBS, because I do, I used to do all the uh, live streaming of a video game I played as well. And literally yeah. every time you go live, just hit live. Don't even think about it. Just be like, bump, we're live now. There we go. Right, I'm going to be doing my thing, but we're live and get the chat yeah, off yeah, your yeah. phone or whatever. Just, it'd just be great just for, for people like myself just to tune in and be what? like, what's Connor up to now? Like, oh, yeah, Connor, yeah, 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 this is cool. Like, um, And uh, obviously you said you can't speak on some stuff that might happen next year, but once you do, do you want to drop me a message and then we can talk? And uh... Yeah, for sure. There'll be lots of exciting things going on, hopefully. Um, It's been a good year for me, even since the start of the year, working on different things and meeting new people and looking at different opportunities is always the goal. So it's, it's quite nice to know that there is options there right now. But yeah, of course, I'd like to go back and defend the Driftmaster yeah. Championship too. I think we'd love to see it, man. I think the... I, I can see this beautiful storyline of UV Laurie Heinen and becoming a major thing over the next few years, yeah. along with Peter Vicek, well, yeah, and Jack. Like, and it's a, like I feel like now I'm kind of possibly in the prime of my driving and and stuff. So I'd like to to break some records and try go back to back and stuff and, yeah. and see how long it's it's possible. But that's what drifting is amazing right now is that there's so many guys this year where I was like these guys are going to be incredible. You know, yeah. like. You have the Eric Gotchas, the all the guys who are making Kevin Pascoli, he is yeah, ready but, to start winning stuff, but, man. I spoke to him but, a couple like last week and oh my goodness, he is like absolutely this whole winter is to train him for him. He, exactly. he is exactly. so, so focused. That, so that's the thing what was a little bit separated from drifting is that it was never took to the level of like you have to train, you have yeah. to you know, you were either naturally good or you weren't, but now there's guys actually putting in like graft to be incredible yeah. drivers. So I think that will become overpowered and the people who are putting in the work will, will start to show, you know. And you said you might build a new car. How do you go about deciding what chassis to use? Because obviously it's such a big decision yeah. to make because it's going to be, you know. I don't want to change. I don't want to change. Okay. I'd like to stay GT86 if I can. Uh, yep. Just build another one. Um, oh, I love the thing and I'm so comfortable in, in the car. It's like, it's so good to be honest. That car yeah. is it's mind-blowing actually every time i drive it like actually how confident i can be it's just chasing the car is so good to chase driving it's like it's even hard to explain like compared to other cars but um yeah gt86 or working on some other things with other companies and stuff let's see but if i was to, to choose in the morning for sure i wouldn't change maybe a gr86 would be nice as well yeah cool man well we'll look forward to it. so connor shanahan it's connor shanahan 79 on everything yeah. with the blue yeah. ticks so go find him go follow him his name will have been underneath him if you're watching on the youtube um is there anything appreciate finals it. you want to say before i let you go oh, sir? i just appreciate it man and uh, don't be said, silly man i appreciate you my friend you've given me some time and uh conversation of um cool dog as well man <laughs> he's finally showed up come on buddy come, <laughs> here. come on just as we're finishing but yeah he's um for the final shot yeah, so yeah, he's, he turned up just as we finish in. We look forward to seeing what the winter holds for you, dude. I look forward to following your your progression throughout whatever happens in your career. Um, and I do need to get you back on, man, because like I said, I've got about half yeah. of a list of questions here that we didn't even touch yeah, on, yeah, for which, sure. for which sure. is amazing. So thank you so much, Connor, and thank yeah. everybody for listening. Um, go check out the Shanahan's and Connor Shanahan on all of the socials. Uh, show him some love. Without these guys, drifting would not be the same. I promise you that from the ground level all the way up to the top. It means a lot. And uh, try and get over. And if you ever see him out on the track, go and see if he'll skid with you. You know, why not? He's uh, absolutely. He, he'll scare the absolute daylights out of you chasing you. So don't worry. It'll be good. It'll be good for your heart. I promise. 
everybody yeah. hit subscribe give us a little rating on the um on this on the what is it called a podcast <laughs> on spotify on apple leave us some stars and i will see you in the next one thank you very much guys let me just end that recording